Hello and welcome to A Smashing Theory, the Super Smash Bros. Ultimate Prediction Podcast. I'm Daniel. And I'm Sean. Hey, everybody. Hey, guys. That was a pretty wild E3, huh? <laughs> some stuff happened that neither of us were expecting. Oh, my God. Some stuff happened. <sighs> so welcome to our E3 Reactions episode. And boy, do we have some reactions for you. I'm ready to react in a multitude of ways. So this is A Smashing Theory. Yes. A podcast where Sean and I come up with predictions for what we think the roster and various other things in... The new Super Smash Bros. game for Nintendo Switch is going to be like. Yes. Up until today, we've been calling it Super Smash Bros. Switch on our podcast. Uh, we can stop doing that. From... Because now it has a name. Yeah. But yes, in our most recent episode, E3 Predictions, we decided to predict what the Nintendo E3 Direct would be like and what would happen at the Smash Bros. Invitational later that day. And... And this is the episode where we talk about everything we got right and everything we got wrong. And boy, do we have a lot of one of those. <laughs> that is for sure. Uh, I have to say that if this were a betting operation where we had bet money on what was going to happen at E3, we would both be selling the clothes off of our backs and repo men would be coming in to take away the computer that I'm recording this podcast on right now. <laughs> holy shit you know we 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 did okay <laughs> we did all right <laughs> okay daniel <laughs> so before we get into it let's address a couple corrections from our last episode a couple pretty good ones in my opinion in the e3 predictions episode i talked about the yoshi game for the Game Boy advance and i called it yoshi's twisty tourney it's actually yoshi's topsy-turvy wow uh, <laughs> as yoshi would say you know, it was actually pretty close. <laughs> and then later in that episode, Sean and I argued over whether Phoenix Wright was more likely than Heihachi. Yes. And one of the points of contention that came up was how relevant Phoenix Wright was versus how relevant Tekken was. And I threw some numbers out. I said that the Phoenix Wright franchise overall has sold a few million copies in its lifetime, and that... Tekken has sold 10 plus million. I did sell Phoenix Wright short. He sold a bit more than a few million. Uh, lifetime sales for the franchise is 6.7 million, roughly, okay. which is pretty good worldwide. However, I also, while 10 plus million is technically correct, I did kind of understate how much Tekken has done, and that has sold 47 million copies worldwide in its lifetime. Really, you were technically right on both counts. Like, the the dictionary definition of a few is more than two, but not many. Oh, okay. So, I thought, you know. I, you, thought if, I thought a few was just three straight up. Nah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so you were all right. Okay. Um, and uh, just, just to make it clear to our listening audience, I wasn't trying to suggest that Phoenix Wright has sold more than Tekken. Right. That was not what I was trying to suggest. <laughs> uh, however... There is an impressive and yawning gap there in the sales, that is for sure. Yeah, yeah. However, if you've listened to our last episode, I think you've listened to us talk about Tekken enough. Yes. So. In fact, I would say we should never talk about it again on this podcast. In particular, gosh, I don't know, there's one character I'm thinking about, and I just can't think of who it is. It's He's got stupid hair, and everything about him is stupid. <laughs> 
Anyway. He, like, punches a missile or something. It's dumb. <laughs> anyway, something more interesting has happened in the last week. That and, is true. And that is that is E3. Yeah, E3 has been happening over the last weekend. It it's... stands for Every Expectation Extinguished. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think there's been some really cool stuff at this E3, but I do think it's been kind of an underwhelming one overall. Yeah, I think that's fair. Not only were there not a lot of surprises this year, I think in part because a whole bunch of stuff got leaked. Mm. It feels like more than usual got leaked this year. Yeah. Not only were there not a lot of surprises this year, I feel like a lot of our bare expectations weren't even met. That's true. You know, like, <laughs> and I think part of those expectations were set up from things like leaks. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, I was very confident that Splinter Cell would be an Ubisoft reveal. Splinter sure. Cell didn't show up. There was a lot of reason to believe that Avengers, Square Enix's Avengers game, right. would show up at E3 this year, and it never showed. Yeah, really, there, there were a lot of reasons to be disappointed with the Square Enix conference, and that was one of them. <laughs> but yeah, it didn't even show up at Microsoft's conference or Sony's conference. Um, I guess at this point, that Avengers video game reveal is probably going to be like a Comic-Con thing. Right. Which I guess is fine, too. That is fine, too. But I guess... For a lot of reasons, we ended up setting our expectations a bit too high for every facet of E3 and sure. kind of got let down on every front. I think I think the only company that like that brought the amount of surprises that I was expecting from an E3 conference is ironically Microsoft. Mhm. Mm um and they didn't they didn't even have a whole lot of stuff that I uh that I'm crazy about. It was just a good conference. Sure. But I do think there was a lot of good stuff there. Mm -hmm. And I think before we jump into how we did on our Nintendo predictions, uh, we could talk a little about some of our non-Nintendo E3 favorites. Sure, I like that plan. Cool. What What do you got? You know, for my first pick, and I have to say, this really surprised me, there's a new Forza game coming out. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's rad as hell. It's like sort of a free driving game where the seasons change and you just like pull up next to people and you can challenge them to street races or you can just like drive around in these beautiful kind of landscapes. It's this really gorgeous game and I feel as though other games maybe in the Forza franchise maybe not have kind of tried this concept before. Right. But if they execute it as well as they made it look um, I think that this will be the first game to truly succeed. No, that was that was really impressive, and it was actually like I'm not really a racing guy right. or a car guy, but it was really cool to see sort of the seamless world where like your car and everyone else online is a car, and you can all kind of interact with each other on this yeah, big open yeah. landscape. I was <laughs> I was telling Sean that that would be perfect. For, like, a Pixar's Cars RP. <laughs> like, you know, you just, like, roleplay your car. And, <laughs> and just, like, you know, <laughs> go up, like, drive up to someone and then just, like, say in voice chat, like, I'm the best. Ka-chow! <laughs> right, yeah. and, uh, and then race each other and, like, I don't know, you could even... <laughs> have car romances like in that movie you're and... in like a sedan and you're like i'm lightning the queen <laughs> chow <sighs> hey fuck your mom shit lips <laughs> that's that's an old meme it's a lightning mcqueen meme because we're old but yeah i uh i liked that game a lot and i'm i am also not really a racing game guy 
like pretty much my experience with racing games is that I 100% did Diddy Kong Racing, which is the greatest racing game of all time, and you cannot convince me otherwise. <laughs> it's really good. And I had either Gran Turismo 4 or 5, and I never raced in that game because there's a mode where you can have the AI race for you. I just let them win races and collected cars. Right. That was, that was the fun thing for me. Okay. But uh, yeah, that's definitely the first racing game that I can say that I'm really looking forward to. Nice. And one thing that's really cool is I'll be able to get that for like 10 bucks on Xbox Game Pass. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. I really like that whole system that they're doing with the Xbox Game Pass, where if you're subscribed, then you just get every first party game that they launch at launch. Yeah, that's really great. Yeah, it's it's rad as hell. <laughs> they're really desperate, but I'm benefiting from it. So that's great. <laughs> Uh, yeah, let's alternate. Okay, Let's cool. alternate. So I got one. Okay. One game that I was expecting to be there, and and its presence sort of exceeded my expectations, is Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh-huh. So, was a little let down, because just after we recorded, Square Enix announced that Kingdom Hearts 3 was delayed to January 29th, 2019. Right. And that was a bit of a bummer. But we still got several... Kingdom Hearts 3 trailers over the course of E3, the first one revealed Frozen as one of the worlds, mm -hmm. with Josh Gad definitely reprising his role as <laughs> Olaf at the very least. He has such a distinct voice. Yeah, like, he does. There's this certain kind of like schoolboy crackling to it where you just immediately <laughs> go, that's fucking Josh Gad. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, that's him. And that sounds like Kristen Bell, too. I'm not sure if that's an idea to Menzel CNN. Anyway, I, I'm really fascinated with which actors Disney and Square Enix get to reprise their roles in these games and which they have to get stand-ins for. This has been something that, you know, we, uh, Daniel's girlfriend, Amy Lee, and I have been watching him play through the Kingdom Hearts franchise uh, yeah. again. And every time we run into a new character, he's like, oh, I don't, I don't know. Maybe that doesn't sound like, oh, you know, I bet that's definitely. And then Amy Lee and I just simultaneously on our separate devices, like, look up <laughs> yeah. who it is. And that has actually been kind of an interesting experiment. Like, you get a lot of people who you would think, like, oh, that person will never reprise their role. And yeah, they do. And, and they're back, yeah. Right. Or you get someone where it's like, oh, that's definitely not them, and it's totally not. Like, it is kind of a little fun little coin flip. Yeah, it's, it is it is like, it's it's an aspect of Kingdom Hearts that I really enjoy, seeing who comes back and who doesn't and how good the stand-ins are. Uh, yeah, maybe that's a really weird and specific thing to be into, but I dig it. Yeah, you're into um, what you're into. But yeah, the Frozen trailer was really great. The Frozen world looks great. All the stuff you can do in the Frozen world, like ride <laughs> Goofy Shield down like the snowy hill. Yeah, and that's a great touch. Yeah, uh, that was amazing. And then Square Enix, Square Enix's conference had the exact same trailer, but they added Ratatouille in, and <laughs> I loved that. Uh -huh. <laughs> and and then at Sony, they had a Pirates of the Caribbean trailer. Yes, and boy. Boy, that, that takes guts to bring that world back. You know, it does, but I have to say, there's some cool-looking stuff oh, no, showcased like, during that trailer. Yeah, I bet, like, you know, I feel like everyone who's ever played Kingdom Hearts 2 was like, wow, this Port Royale world is garbage. <laughs> uh, Sora and friends look completely out of place in this universe. Mm -hmm. The The models are all Uncanny Valley and gross yeah. of, the, of the Pirates characters. Uh, the world isn't fun at all. They should never do this again. 
And Square Enix like read all that feedback and they're making Kingdom Hearts 3 and they're like, you know what? Pirates isn't even relevant anymore, but fuck you. <laughs> We're gonna make a Pirates world that's fun and you'll love it. And they they really like fixed all the problems with the Port Royale world in yes. this trailer. You know, like they they gave Sora, Donald, and Goofy like pirate outfits, and they're awesome. Yeah, and yeah. you know they they made Sora and Co look a bit more realistic to mm-hmm. sort of like fit in this universe. Like he's standing right next to Jack Sparrow, and they look fine. And then there's like ship combat and stuff. And yeah, yeah, that world looks really interesting now, and I'm actually like kind of excited to play it. Me too. Um, <laughs> there is one character I hope for once is a stand-in. <laughs> And that's that uh, Jack Sparrow actually sounds a lot like Johnny Depp this time. And I just, yeah, if, I'd be, I'd be really fine if it wasn't him this time, if, actually. If, uh, if you've been keeping up with the uh, coverage of Johnny Depp's personal life lately, there are a lot of reasons why he should leave Hollywood and never return. <laughs> uh, so I definitely get where you're coming from there. Yeah. Was, was really into all the Kingdom Hearts trailers. They got me really excited for the game. I'm really, really looking forward to January and whatever world reveals we get between that. Sure. Got any more non-Nintendo games for me? I do. Um, I have two more. And okay. the first of those two that I want to talk about is The Last of Us 2. Oh, yeah. Now, I actually am generally not a huge Naughty Dog fan. Yeah, I I, like, admire their games as being very well-crafted. But I was talking to my friend and frequent writer-in Lonnie last night about <laughs> uh, how I thought the Sony conference went. And I explained to him, because he's a car guy, that I think of uh, Naughty Dog's games as kind of being like the Toyota Corollas of action games. Ha. Like, they're very well made, and you'll never regret buying one. But if I'm playing a game, I want to play like the Ferrari of games, you know? I want it to be like innovative and challenging and trying something new. Huh. Uh, I'm learning things about cars right now. <laughs> well, I'd, I'd, I'm sure Lonnie will write in and be like, That's, Ferrari sucks. They're not, you know, whatever. <laughs> But uh, that was the metaphor that I went for. And um, it, particularly with The Last of Us, like it always seemed to me like a well-crafted but extremely standard action game with a good story. You know, the story was kind of the selling point. Right, right. Um, so if you're going to do that, you may as well kind of do it to the max. And yeah. it seems like they're really going to be delivering for The Last of Us too. It looks like a lot of interesting stuff is happening to Ellie. And uh, the gameplay looks as solid as ever. You know, yeah. it's uh, it's definitely something where I'll, I'll kind of monitor it and see what people think of it and maybe dip my toe in. Yeah, I <laughs> I also do really appreciate the sort of diversity that Naughty Dog always strives for. Me too. And <laughs> there seems to be a weird amount of back and forth online about what Ellie's sexuality is, and it's... It was really funny to just see Naughty Dog at this conference just, like, yell into the screen. It's like, she's a lesbian, stop! <laughs> right, right. Uh, I appreciate that. I really yeah, do. Me too. So, uh, my second pick. Mm-hmm. I've got three, two. Cool. My second pick is Jump Force. Ah. This got revealed at the Microsoft conference, and it's this uh, three versus three 3D arena fighter mm-hmm. starring very Shonen Jump characters. And, you know, they, they had a reveal trailer that sort of just shows uh, Goku, Luffy from One Piece, mm-hmm. and Naruto right. fighting Frieza in Times Square. Mm-hmm. It's just like actual New York. <laughs> and, you know, that trailer looked really good. And then I saw some gameplay and it still looks like, you know, a solid amount of fun. Yeah. And I mean, 3v3 is in like the the marvel kind of 3 versus 3 where right. you the player control three different characters and not not the dissidia 3 versus 3 where you have a team of three real people 
fighting another team of three real people. Which, like, thank God, yeah. because that's the reason I haven't played the latest Dissidia. Yeah, same. Like, I really liked the first Dissidia for the PSP, and I yeah. was really excited about it kind of coming back on console in a big way. Yeah. And then I found out that that was a gameplay conceit, and I just immediately lost interest. <laughs> yeah. I lost interest in Dissidia because... Uh, the new Dissidia, because they clearly just toned down all the RPG elements, mm-hmm. which is what made me into the first Dissidia. Right. So yeah, that that game's kind of a shame for a lot of reasons, but I'm mm-hmm. still pumped for Jump Force. Me too. Um, I uh, I really enjoyed kind of watching the like after the show stuff where they went more into detail into the gameplay. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of funny because they were describing their design philosophy and they were saying, yeah, we wanted to try to kind of take these anime characters and put them in the real world and put kind of a realistic spin on their designs yeah and if you just said that to me like if they just came in and said like francis san we're going to tell you about what we want to do with this game we're going to make realistic goku i would say that's a terrible idea (laughs) like why would you even try to do that there's no way it'll work and it totally works yeah no they all look (laughs) great and i'm just i'm really excited because uh, Jump Ultimate Stars for the Nintendo DS is one of my favorite games of all time. Yes. I I think... <laughs> that was the first time I ever knew someone personally who had, like, bought a Japanese video game and was using, like, a guide to figure out how to play it. Yeah, yeah. No, I imported the cartridge, and then I found a translation guide online to, like, play through the story mode, which was entirely in Japanese. Yeah. He was, um, like, showing me the game and saying, like, oh, like, this is the menu, and this is where you go. And I was just sitting there, like, I don't have the patience to do this with any video game. <laughs> There's no video game that I would do this for. Yeah, but it was completely worth it. I 100% of that game. I unlocked <laughs> every single thing, and there's like 700 like character pieces and shit to unlock. God. Yeah, no, I fucking adore that game, and I don't think this will be as good as Jump Ultimate Stars, but I, I do kind of have a soft spot for any of these Shonen Jump crossover games, sure. because uh, Jump Ultimate Stars was actually what introduced me to a lot of shonen jump ip like hunter x hunter okay like i didn't know hunter x hunter existed before jump ultimate stars ah. and that's one of my favorite manga now right and i'm incredibly excited because jump force comes out at just the right time that i can practically guarantee that deku from my hero academia is probably <laughs> going to be a playable character in that that'd be really cool and i would i would love that i would love that so much i would would i main deku maybe if everyone else on the internet wasn't <laughs> But I would definitely play him, at least a bit. I'd play some Gone from Hunter x Hunter, that's sure, for sure. Sure, Anyway, yeah, excited about Jump Force. Cool. What's your last game? You already know what my last game is. I sure do. <laughs> <laughs> I sure do, um, man. I'm a huge Resident Evil fan, and so the moment that I figured out that the trailer the mysterious trailer with like the rat where you're like kind of seeing things from the rat's perspective was in fact a resident evil 2 trailer which was a little bit later than like everyone on the internet like apparently at one point the rat like runs across a ps1 or something and that's right. when a lot of people went like oh okay oh okay yeah um but when the two guys who are fighting they sort of collapse and one of them comes up and it's like obviously a zombie that was the moment that was the best moment of the entire E3 <laughs> for me. Oh, that game looks so good. I really like Resident Evil 2 a lot. Yeah. Um, and so it was really kind of thrilling to see, you know, all these sort of like grainy PS1 graphics brought into the modern age. Oh, yeah. Everything looks real good. Yeah. It was great to see kind of like a young Leon Kennedy who isn't like punching boulders and, you know, doing all that other stuff. Yeah, yeah. Being an experienced rookie. I'm just, oh, I'm so pumped for that game. 
Yeah, it's also really cool because I feel, especially in this generation, you don't see a lot of true remakes, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, you see a lot of remasters. You right. see You see them taking the existing game and kind of just making the graphics of it better. But Resident Evil 2 is clearly they remade it you know oh, they yeah. they took they took the what resident evil 2 was and like just like made all the assets from scratch and like yeah. just made a a new game with that story and i can't i actually can't really remember the last time that happened when a game wasn't like a modified remaster sure sure well they're trying to do that with final fantasy 7 but god Uh, knows how that's going (laughs) slow (laughs) uh good but slow apparently if rumors are to be believed and if this e3 is anything to go by maybe not all rumors can be believed (laughs) but yeah like i'm like i'm not even really a resident evil guy sure but i i can feel the hype for two like that is (laughs) that looks like a well-made game and that that engine just looks superb that they're making it in. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited about it. And it's kind of the culmination of like a really very long time of me wanting them to remake Resident Evil 2. Yeah. Like I came into the franchise because I picked up Resident Evil, the remake for the GameCube. Right. Uh, Blockbuster one day. Right. And I thought it was a first person shooter. So then I booted it up and got the shit scared out of me instead. <laughs> right. And I can remember right around that time, a gaming magazine came out and they were running a reader poll right? where it said, like, how disappointed are you that they're not remaking all of the other Resident Evils? And one of the options was, I think it sucks and I wish they'd remade them all. Yeah. And it's like, if I could just go back in time to my 14-year-old self and say, in in 15 years, just wait, <laughs> just you wait, when you're almost 30, this is going to get announced and you're going to be so excited so anyway, yeah, it's, it was like my childhood coming back and a really cool moment for me. Nice. Did you ever write a letter into that magazine? Like a Resident Evil letter? No, I never did. I never wrote anything into any magazine. I've written one letter <laughs> uh, to the Archie Sonic the Hedgehog comic. <laughs> I sent mail to Sonic the Hedgehog. I said, Dear Sonic, uh, what do you and Tails do when you're not saving the world? Do you go to the pool? I like the pool. Love, Daniel. <laughs> Did you get a letter back from Sonic? No, my dad kept the letter and never mailed it in for me. That bastard. Right? <laughs> your, like, dad, your dad's fine. Yeah, no, like, <laughs> like I'm sure he's like, this is cute. And, right, You know, right. he just, like, kept it. Sure. Or knowing, knowing my dad at the time, he possibly just was a little lazy and never got around <laughs> to it. But, yeah, so Sonic never saw my mail. Wow. And now his comic's canceled. <laughs> Your dad just couldn't go fast. <laughs> Any- <laughs> anyway, I have one more game that excited me at E3, and it's a game that's a little out of character for me to be as into as I was. Okay. Uh, and that's Cyberpunk 2077. Yes. Cool, cool shit. Like, we saw an in-engine cinematic trailer at the Microsoft conference. That's sort of what they finished with in a really cool way like you know phil spencer's like saying goodbye he's like thanks for coming to our cut and then like the the feed (laughs) just glitches out and suddenly like you know like like this this interface like this of the conference being hacked shows up yeah and then and then they boot up the cyberpunk 2077 trailer great great shit like great like marketing shtick that they did Mm -hmm. and then the trailer was really cool it obviously like it it was a great proof of concept that really sold the the premise really well. Yes. 
and we haven't really been able to see the game in action ourselves, but all this like all this behind closed doors impressions are coming in and it just sounds like basically like it's a first person right you know cyberpunk rpg game and it basically sounds like an rpg with a kind of flexibility that you would have played in the 90s right stuff like mm-hmm. fallout 2 and neverwinter and shit but it's made with the fidelity of a current gen game you know yeah. it's it's made with those graphics and and those production values and that budget and man that sounds incredible and on top of that it's like sort of a tabletop rpg experience in a setting that isn't generic fantasy yes um which is always a nice little break yeah and on top of all that it's a game by cd project red one of the probably one of the best on a <laughs> on a talent and competency level, yes, one of the best developers in the biz right now, for sure. And I get to play a game of theirs without having to play through an entire trilogy that started when they were not as good. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So really excited for Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Really looking forward to seeing gameplay at like the Game Awards later this year. Me too. They haven't said anything like that would happen, but I'm calling that now. That's sure. a, that's a very Game Awards kind of game, I yeah. think. And that seems like a safe theory to make, although we've made what we thought were safe theories before. <laughs> you know, got burned. I think this is a I think this is a good time to segue into some of the predictions we made for the E3 direct. Let's do it. So we made a lot of non-smash predictions for all the non-smash stuff that would get sort of shown off and revealed during the Nintendo E3 Direct. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm just going to sort of lightning round through that stuff. Go for it. Uh, I'll just sort of rattle off the predictions and how they went uh, so we can sort of sm- relatively smoothly <laughs> get to the Smash stuff. Sure. So first we talked about potential support for games that have already been released, right? right. Uh, my predictions were that we would see a final DLC character for Pokémon Tournament sort mm-hmm. of fill... Fill that roster out and make that character select screen look nice and full. Pokémon Tournament didn't show up at all. They did not do that. Poor Pokémon Tournament. I guess that uh, the Splatoon 2 Octo expansion would get a release date, and it might even get kind of a shadow drop. Mm-hmm. I was right, but I guess that this would happen at the Direct. It did not happen at the Direct. Right. Uh, at the Direct, uh, it showed up in a reel with a summer 2018 release date. And then later that evening at the Splatoon 2 Tournament Finals... They finished the grand finals by showing an Octo expansion trailer and revealing that it would come out the next day. Right, right. Um, so that's less a shadow drop and more a shade drop, <laughs> I guess you could say. Yeah, it's a it's a cloudy weather forecast drop. <laughs> right. So I, I was I was a bit off, but I was kind of right in spirit. I won't say that I that I guessed that one right. There was there was enough wrong about it. I I predicted that we would see new Mario Odyssey costumes and possibly new modes and even paid DLC. Mario Odyssey didn't show up at all. Yeah. Um I guess they're yeah, I guess maybe they're kinda done having like a big showing for that game, which is fine. That game sure. is that game is already amazing by itself. It doesn't need more stuff. It's just weird that it's definitely one of their best selling games and uh it's one of the ones I choose not to sort of breathe too much major life into. That is weird for um, sure. And finally, I predicted that we would get more info on the story DLC 
scheduled for Xenoblade Chronicles 2 along with the release window, and I prayed that I wouldn't get spoiled on anything. I was right. They showed a trailer for Torna, the Golden Country. Right. Uh, sort of a prequel chapter that, that stars some of the characters in Xenoblade Chronicles 2 before the events of the main game. And it looks really cool, actually. It looks like a really cool take on the story. And I managed to not be spoiled on it too much because uh, I'm like halfway through Xenoblade Chronicles 2 when those elements of the story right. uh, had kind of been introduced to me already. Yeah, you know, I um, even though I haven't yet played Xenoblade Chronicles 2, this uh, trailer did remind me how much I love the sort of setting and aesthetic. And you yeah, know, I think that visually there's a lot about that game to really appreciate. Yeah, and I think I think it did a good enough job like being kind of vague and uh I don't think too much will be spoiled for someone that saw that trailer completely out of context. Right. That did get a release window of October 2018 and that also is getting a standalone release where you can just uh, buy that story by itself as a standalone game for 30 bucks. Digitally. Which is really cool. Yeah, that is really cool. I wonder if that'll be just like a cool introduction to the Xenoblade franchise by itself, because presumably you can enjoy the gameplay of Xenoblade Chronicles 2 without having to play a 150 hour long story <laughs> to right. beat it. Like I, I have a podcast called Play This where I recommend games to my friend Max, and maybe this could be a way that I recommend Xenoblade uh, to him. That's a cute idea. Yeah. So excited about that. That was cool. Then we moved on to games with confirmed release dates, uh, starting with Mario Tennis Aces, since that's coming out later this month. Mm -hmm. I guessed that it would have DLC and we'd hear about a season pass. We did not. Mario Tennis Aces showed up in a reel and that's it. Right. Speaking of reels, we guessed that Captain Toad and Octopath Traveler would show up in a reel, show up in a montage, but get no brand new news. Mm -hmm. We were right about Captain Toad. That showed up in a reel. Right. Uh, we were wrong about Octopath Traveler. Octopath Traveler got a full feature with the announcement that a demo would come out, a new demo, different from the first one, right? would come out on June 14th, and that you'd be able to transfer progress from that demo to the full game, which I'm all about that shit. Me I'm, too. I'm so ready for that. I'm really excited to try that out. I think Octopath Traveler looks great. Every time I see gameplay of it, I get more interested in it. I think the aesthetic is great, and I'm definitely excited for that coming out. Yeah. Then we guessed that there would be Pokemon Let's Go details, but we weren't really sure about what those details would be. We mm -hmm. thought maybe uh, we didn't think that they'd already announced what the brand new Pokemon would be. Right. We thought maybe they would showcase like the way the gameplay is different, and uh, they did. Actually, Reggie Fizeme himself in a really weird, like really <laughs> sterile looking but really nice looking house, mm -hmm. just sort of demonstrated some of how Pokemon Let's Go works. And then he showed the Pokeball Plus that you can sort of carry any Pokemon you want from the game, like, around in right. uh, to sort of gain bonuses. And he revealed that he was holding Mew hostage in the Pokeball, <laughs> and you can only get Mew by buying it. He said, and now, if you would like Mew, you have to buy my ball. Uh, Good old Reggie. Yeah, he said that verbatim. Uh, there was no difference in what he said. So, so, uh, so, you know, I didn't guess the Mew thing. I didn't guess that at all. But then we moved 
on to other announced upcoming games without release dates, and we tried to sort of slot them into the rest of the year, and I made some very ambitious guesses, and maybe they were a bit too ambitious. Mm-hmm. I thought we'd just like, yeah, we'll get like two games per month from, from Nintendo's first-party teams. Right. And long story short, that didn't happen, but long story long, here's some of the guesses we made. Uh, I thought that the new Yoshi would get a lot of details. I think I thought that they would give it a final name, uh, announced that it was coming out in August 2018, that it would have Labo support, uh, and that the, they'd call it Yoshi's on board because <laughs> of all the cardboard stuff. But uh, instead, it didn't show up at the conference at all. Yeah, that and then, was, was kind of crazy. Yeah, and then after the Direct, they quietly updated the Yoshi section of their website with 2019. <laughs> so... Then, you know, Reggie confirmed in an interview later that it is delayed, but it's coming along great, and they're just working really hard on it, and it's going to be really great when we see it, blah, blah, blah. As someone who doesn't care about the Yoshi franchise at all, that's completely fine with me. Yeah. Delay it as much as you want, never release it if you want to, that's fine. <laughs> I'll um, just play other games. You know, I know that there's Yoshi fans out there. My play this co-host, Max, actually loves Yoshi. Yeah, sure. So I'm, sh- I'm sure that'll kind of bum him out a bit. I then guessed that the new Fire Emblem would be sort of that modern-style game that has uh, that very anime aesthetic and some character designs that I'd really like and some that would make me really uncomfortable, (laughs) and that it would get a December 2018 release date. They did announce Fire Emblem Three Houses, and it actually has a look that's sort of in between their old school look and their anime look. Yeah. It looks really cool, actually. I I'm, really yeah. like the way that game looks. Uh, I'm really excited about it. The, even the menus are cool. Yeah. Like, the menus are cool. And then you zoom in, and it has this kind of pseudo-Advance Wars thing oh, happening. Yeah. I'm so down for whatever uh, is happening with that yeah. game. Yeah, I love the way the gameplay looks. I love the character designs that we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited about that game. Me too. It's not coming out in 2018 at all. It has a spring 2019 release date. Right. One of the predictions I made last week was that although they said that we would only see Nintendo Switch games coming out in 2018, I guess that there would be a couple of 2019 announcements in there. Right. But also that they would all be Switch announcements. Sure. I was right on that end, thanks to this spring 2019 announcement. Mm Mm-hmm. I also predicted... That we would see a teaser for Metroid Prime 4. Right. And that it would get like a March 2019 release date. Mm-hmm. Metroid Prime 4 did not show up at all. Right. I thought that was strange, Metroid Prime 4 not showing up at all, but that's what happened. Mm-hmm. However, I did predict that Bayonetta 3 would be a no-show, and I nailed it. <laughs> From there, we started predicting potential first-party announcements that we didn't already know about. One avenue we went down was Wii U ports for the fall and winter period. Right. Uh, We guessed that that would not include Xenoblade Chronicles X Mm. or New Super Mario Bros. U or Mario Maker. Right. We were right, and the reason why is something I'll mention in a second. (laughs) Uh, We thought that there was a decent-ish chance of Zelda Skyward Sword HD being announced, Mm -hmm. that Tokyo Mirage Sessions, Sharp FE, was very possible, and that the Wonderful 101 would definitely get announced for an August 2018 release date. No ports, no <laughs> Wii U ports at all were at this conference. Not yeah. a single one. That might be the biggest surprise of the conference because they've had one for like every Nintendo Direct in the past. Right. You know, like since the Switch was announced, really. I still think there's like a slight chance 
we're recording this on Wednesday night, and uh, there's going to be like a Treehouse Live thing mm-hmm. on Thursday, and they they occasionally like to announce smaller games during that. Sure, the Wonderful One Hundred One would be a great smaller game to announce. Right, not holding my breath at this point, but it'd be funny if that happened <laughs> on the day that this episode went up. Sure. We guess that the Star Fox Grand Prix rumor is real and that it would come out October 2018. Can't believe I fell for that <laughs> shit. That is the kind of fake leak that sounds so stupid that it's like, why would you predict that if it wasn't real? It, yeah. You know? It's so dumb that it has to be real. Who's the bozo that made up Star Fox Grand Prix? <laughs> Whoever you are, you deserve like a Pulitzer for fake journalism. Right. It could still be real. It could be something that just gets announced way later. Yeah, that's true. Uh, in any case, it didn't show up at all. <laughs> what did show up is a game that Star Fox is in, and that's right. Starlink Battle for <laughs> Atlas from Ubisoft. That showed up at the Ubisoft trailer. In really that that was a really fun surprise. Like they showed some Starlink stuff, and then they showed like another Starlink trailer where like this girl's like in space, you know, and her ship's like going down, and she's like, "I I need some help out here. I need some backup. Can you hear me?" And you just hear like this, burp, 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 <laughs> like come like just like really muffled and, and grainy, like coming right. from her comm. She's like, "Hello, what was that? Can you hear me?" Uh, and when the burp, 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 I'm like, "Oh." Like, I jokingly said to my girlfriend that I was watching the conference with, I was like, oh, Star Fox is in it. That's, those are some Star Fox noises. And then uh, and then Star Fox showed up. <laughs> and those actually were deliberately Star Fox noises. And that, that was really funny. Um, I then pre-ordered the Star Fox version of the game for the Switch. <laughs> It looks good. It looks good. It looks like a good game. Yeah, it looks fun. Uh, it looks like a neat little spin on the Toys of Life format without being kind of as exhausting as that genre kind of got to keep up with. Sure. But yeah, no Star Fox Grand Prix at all. We still don't know what Retro's doing, so I guess it could be that. But I guess I'll have to wait even longer to find out. That would be a waste of Retro's talents. I mean, we we were tentatively excited for it when we thought it was real, and I still think that it has potential to be exciting if it is. Okay. But I, I, un- I understand you sort of shielding yourself from that disappointment by saying that would have sucked anyway. I mean, you know, like, I was definitely trying to hype myself up because it's not a great idea in the I, previous episode. You know what I mean? I like, understand that, yeah. yeah. I, I'm sure that, you know, if any studio can pull the game off like that, it would be Retro Studios. Yeah. But what a weird, like, just make F-Zero. <laughs> just make F-Zero. Yeah, that's fair. God, that's fair. So then I guess that the N64 Classic, if it does exist, will not appear at E3 in any way, shape, or form. Sure. And I nailed that one. (laughs) Uh, Noticing kind of a trend of me only getting it right when I say it won't be at the conference. (laughs) That's actually your superpower. Um, (laughs) Anytime you say that something won't happen, it doesn't happen. Anytime you say that something will happen, it also does not happen. <laughs> it's kind of a shitty power. Yeah, yeah, that's that's rough. I predicted that Skip Limited, the guys that made Chibi Robo, would make some weird small games for the Switch that would get announced, mm-hmm. and nothing has been announced so far. Again, E3 isn't technically over, and Nintendo does like to make some smaller announcements. Right. Uh, but they kind of haven't this year so far, so maybe mm-hmm. they just won't. I don't know. Like, they've just been showing Smash matches, like, every other hour at their treehouse, <laughs> and then just footage from the games that they did announce. I guess it's hard to blame them for hyping up Smash. Yeah, no. Uh, Yeah, the Smash stuff is great. It's all been great. 
Um, that is our metaphorical bread and butter, after all. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but it is weird to see them like spend an hour on Overcooked Two. You know, right? Like that. Um, th- that game does look kind of fun, actually, but it it also feels like not that they're scraping the bottom of the barrel necessarily, but like I don't know, feel feels like they're their collection of, of items for this E3 was a little lacking. Sure, I get that. And then I guess that their non-Smash Ace in the Hole would be Animal Crossing with a November 2018 release date. It did not show up. <laughs> so that's first party out of the way. We're already doing real good. That was uh, among my, you know, kind of nerdy friends. The no Animal Crossing thing was a big disappointment, actually. There were a lot of people that were really upset that there was no Animal Crossing representation. Yeah, I feel like it's got to be 2019 at this point, but I guess we'll see. I guess so. And then potential third-party announcements, something we talked about. Uh, One thing we guessed was that the E3 show floor leak is real. The show floor leak being uh, a picture that someone took of a sheet of paper with various third-party games on it, including Paladins, Fortnite, Killer Queen Black, Overcooked 2, Dragon Ball Fighters. We were right. We were right that that was true. Mm -hmm. All of those games showed up in the Direct and are on the show floor. I made some more specific guesses about Paladins and Fortnite in particular that they would launch in September along Nintendo Online, potentially. I was wrong about both. You can already play Paladins on the Nintendo Switch uh, if you buy the Founders Pack. Right. And Fortnite was a shadow drop that you can play for free right now. (laughs) So kind of half right on that whole prediction. Yeah. Then we guessed that Ace Attorney would be there, that we would get... Uh, kind of lazy HD collections of 1 through 3 and 4 through 6 this year, and then a 2019 announcement for Ace Attorney 7. But it just didn't show up at all. No Phoenix Wright at all. Like, kind of blows me away. Capcom did say that they were playing on releasing Phoenix Wright this year, and we haven't heard Jack about it. Yeah, I wish they had. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I am a lover of the Phoenix Wright franchise. Would have been, definitely have been nice to have gotten some news there, but we sure didn't. Yeah, that's it's... Very strange, like, if they still plan on releasing it in 2018, they're they're running out of time to tell us about it. Yeah. Um, I guess if we're just talking about HD collections at first, really, we only need, like, two-month notice for that. Like, you know, if, if they announced in September that we right. were getting December releases of the HD collections, that'd be fine. Sure. So maybe that'll happen. I don't know. And then we finally made up some, some dream third-party game predictions... Mine was Personamon, and Sean's was a non-Smash fighting game that used a Nintendo IP from a third-party developer like Arc System Works, for example. And I'm happy to announce that I was correct. Uh, I was not correct. (laughs) (laughs) But it would have been cool. Yeah. Finally, uh, there were some announcements, there were some surprises that we didn't guess at all. One was a brand new IP, a, a new game from Marvelous called Damon X Machina, sort of this action mech game. It looks great, yeah, I think. It I'm, looks, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it looks dope as hell. They actually showed some gameplay later, and you can customize your pilot and your mech. Oh my god. And and yeah, that it like it looks janky but still fun. <laughs> and and That's really, really my favorite kind of game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You you are you are a master at like tolerating jank and enjoying the good parts of a game i feel 
janky but still fun is also a way to describe my academic performance in college. <laughs> <laughs> um, then they announced Super Mario Party, which actually is like the best looking Mario Party game that I've seen in like a decade. Yeah, I'm glad that they're out of the weird Dr. Robotnik Walker thing and that they're all on the board together again. Yeah. Uh, it looks like the kind of thing that you want a Mario Party game to be if you want a Mario Party game at all. Yeah. And, you know, I might actually pick this one up. Uh, one fun little detail about it is that apparently each character has a different kind of dice hmm. uh, that have different effects when they roll them. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, like, there's even sort of a little bit of, like, fighting game in there almost, you know, like a little <laughs> like a little bit of what I like about fighting mm -hmm. games and that, like, each character has something different about them. Sure, variety is the spice of life. So, yeah, actually surprisingly excited about that. That comes out in October. And then they had another shadow drop in their conference of Hollow Knight. Right. That Metroidvania where you're like a little bug doing bug stuff in like the underground or something. It It's super critically acclaimed and it looks really good. Yes. And I'll, I'll probably end up playing that sometime this year, I'm sure. I look forward to you looking forward to that. <laughs> but that is all the non-Smash Nintendo stuff. A lot of the stuff we guessed didn't come to pass. Some stuff we didn't guess did come to pass. <laughs> and and I think this was just kind of a weird E3 for Nintendo. Mm -hmm. um, kind of a weird E3 for everybody. Yeah, like they, like Nintendo in particular are kind of clearly just sort of sort of leaning on Pokemon and Smash as their big releases and not right. worrying about too much else mm -hmm. for 2018. There's a thing or two that I just forgot to guess that I thought would be like, like, after we recorded, I'm like, oh, no, I forgot to mention that they're going to reveal the new Dream Friends for Kirby Star Allies. Right. Because that is absolutely 100% happening. We haven't heard <laughs> shit about that. Yeah. We didn't hear shit about that. That's true. And why not? They've been slowly revealing, like, some of them, like, over the past few weeks. You'd think that this is what they were building up to. Yeah. But we didn't hear Jack. We didn't hear Bone Turkey. I know. I just, <laughs> I wanted to say something besides Jack. I feel like I'm overusing that word. We didn't hear Kablowy. We didn't hear Poop Samson. There we go. We didn't hear Poop Samson. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Speaking of Poop Samson, how about we go over how well we did on predicting things in Smash? <laughs> <laughs> so, so before we talk about the game proper, let's talk about our predictions and then rest assured that we'll focus on talking about the game itself and what we think about it. Right. So first I predicted sort of sort of the pace of the reveals that we would get. Mm -hmm. I thought that we would get like three new character announcements by the end of the direct. And I thought they sort of spread it out. I thought we'd get an announcement of an expected first party character at the beginning, mm -hmm. uh, like Captain Toad or Arms. Right. Uh, like an Arms character. I thought we would get specifically a Ridley reveal in the middle uh, during a fake-out trailer for Metroid Prime 4. <laughs> uh, then, I guessed that we would get, like, some gameplay and information at the end, and at the very end of that, we would get a trailer for a third-party character, uh, either Bomberman, a rabbit from, from the rabbit franchise, or Sora from Kingdom Hearts. Right. Uh, all I got right was the fact that Ridley would show up at all. I do think, to be fair, that you were on the right track with the Metroid fake-out. 
Like, yeah. That was kind of the thing that I think they were going for, at least for a little bit with the trailer. Yeah. You know? Thank you. Uh, then we guess some of the inf- some of the Smash info we would get, right? We guessed that there would be some new stages shown, mm-hmm. and actually, like, got that pretty right, actually. Well, sort of. I guess that they'd show Battlefield, Final Destination, and two to three new stages. Right. Uh, the three new stages that I guessed were New Donk City, the Grand Plateau from Breath of the Wild, and Incompola Square from Splatoon. Right. I got two out of three right, kinda. New Donk City has been seen in footage of the game. Okay. Although it's not, like, playable at the demo or anything. Right. Uh, the Grand Plateau Tower was one of the showcase stages, and what I got wrong was, instead of Incompola Square... The Splatoon stage is Moray Towers. Right. Uh, One fun thing to note, actually, is in our very first episode, we talked about some potential Splatoon content, Mm -hmm. and one of my guesses for stages was Moray Towers. Oh, look Uh, at you, predictor-in-chief. But that wasn't uh, the one that I ultimately picked as the stage that would represent Splatoon, obviously. Oh, look at you, (laughs) semi-predictor-in-chief. It's like that episode of... Adventure Time with, like, that cat who's like, I have approximate knowledge of many things. <laughs> that, that's a great line. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, then then we guessed that uh, there'd be GameCube controllers and that Sakurai would talk about them. Mm-hmm. That was right. We nailed that. Man, there were a lot of pissed off people on Twitter about the GameCube controller. And I had never heard about this before, but a lot of people were saying, like, oh, these are... GameCube controllers are are messing up pro players' hands, and I yeah. can't believe I'd never heard about that. Before. Yeah, yeah, me neither. But like, apparently, yeah, they're fucking like people who use them long term in tournament settings. Their like hands are getting fucked up. Like, yeah. I yeah, like I, I didn't, I never hear about that. That was yeah. that was new information to me, and that is kind of. Uh, that's, that's a shame. Yeah, you know, that's, I'm, I'm sorry for the people who are having that problem. Yeah, exactly. That's really messed up. And it the the thing that's kind of a shame about that for the people that it is affecting negatively is that tournaments just sort of go well. This is your only wired controller option, right. so this is this is what you're using. Sorry, yeah, yeah, you can't really wire your 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 Joy Cons, you know? Right? Yeah, it's it, a shame that there isn't more, and also understandable, I right. guess. But it's a shame that there isn't more like third-party controller, like fight ga- fighting game style controller support for Nintendo consoles. Yeah, like it'd be really neat to be able to play Smash with a fight stick or a fight pad. Yeah, maybe maybe that niche will get filled in over time. Yeah, it could be. So then we guess that story mode would not be announced yet. Mm-hmm. Like I thought there would be some kind of, uh, you know, some sort of single-player adventure mode, uh, but that. That would be saved for later for like a Smash Direct or something. Right. And I'm right so far <laughs> uh, that, you know, it hasn't been announced yet. Sure. Uh, maybe it won't be at all. Maybe it doesn't exist. But so far, I'm correct in that it hasn't been announced. I guess that Amiibo functionality would be back and that there would be new Amiibo functionality replacing the sort of lame train your your fake friend functionality that the original right. Smash 4 had. Uh, Amiibos are back, but it's the exact same functionality. (laughs) I guess that we would see gameplay. We sure did. Boy, did we ever. (laughs) We'll talk about that in a bit. Yep. And then I guess that it would have a release date of September 28th, 2018. The release date is December 7th, 2018. They're really waiting until the exact last minute to put that game out. Yeah. And then I took a shot at the real title of... Super Smash Bros. Switch. My guess was Super Smash Bros. Showdown. 
Nope. We'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> One big guess I made was there was this rumor from Das Bergevin flying around mm-hmm. that the 58 characters from Smash 4 would come back and that Ice Climbers Ridley and Simon Belmont would be announced at E3. Right. Um, I guess that that rumor was not true. And I think a lot of people were kind of banking on that rumor. Mm-hmm. And I resisted the temptation to follow follow that uh, current. Sure. Uh, that ended up being a good call. Yes. Uh, Simon Belmont was not announced. And clearly, clearly the way that rumor was worded yeah. is that it was clearly misguided and, and not from someone that actually knew what they were talking about. The my uncle works at Nintendo of Smash rumors. Yes. But finally, I guessed that... Every character from Smash Bros. 4 would return in the new Smash Bros. game, although not all of them would be shown right away. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, at the Nintendo E3 Direct, Masahiro Sakurai revealed Super Smash Bros. Ultimate Yes, for the Nintendo Switch. Now, I'd like to just sort of Guide us through the way that this was revealed. Go ahead. So, so Sakurai shows up. You know, he's like, "Hey, right, you new Smash Bros. game, uh, and you're wondering what characters are in it." So here is a roster reveal trailer. Each character is numbered based on the order that they arrived in the series. So it, it started with Mario at number one, and then like it showed some obvious ones. You know, right. like Link and Samus and Pikachu and Donkey Kong. Mm-hmm. Uh, not Pikachu, actually, right away yet, I don't think. Okay. But, you know, it started with some of the staples and, and you know, Bowser and and then the Ice Climbers show up, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I was like, oh, cool. All right. So they're real the Ice Climbers. Uh, nothing felt out of place yet. Yeah. Uh, and actually, I wonder how many people saw that and went, ooh, the Das Vergebin rumor is true. <laughs> <laughs> next they're going to release, next they're going to announce Ridley, and then they're going to announce Simon Belmont. Right. It's happening. Oh, what fools we were back then. <laughs> so then they showed the Ice Climbers, and then they showed a couple of other characters that we all knew were coming back. And then suddenly it shoots to Shadow Moses, and Snake materializes. <laughs> and then it just says, everyone is here. <laughs> And then, and then we see Pichu, and then we see Young Link, and then we see Wolf, and every character that has ever been in a Smash Bros. game was revealed to be in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, as as the title sort of showed up at the end of all that. Now, of course, we called this podcast a Smashing Theory, and it's our job on this show to make predictions about uh, things that are true of the uh, next Smash game. And I can confidently say that I never would have predicted this ever in my entire goddamn life. Yeah, no, I didn't see this coming at all. It makes me feel a little better that I don't think anyone did. Right. Uh, I didn't see anyone, like, whip this guess out. I didn't see anyone calling this. I watched a lot of, like, really well thought out, very sensible roster predictions. Mm -hmm. But really, I broke my one rule (laughs) that I should have been following from the start. Masahiro Sakurai is not always a sensible man. That is true. (laughs) Ironically, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate and all of its reveals were actually leaked on 4chan months ago. (laughs) Like, it really is. Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, it'll have this character and this character. It'll have 
every character that's ever been in Smash Bros. game. And one of the first responses was, wow, if you were going to make a fake leak, you should have tried harder. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Hindsight is, of course, 2020, but that is still funny. Yeah, right? Like, like out of all the rumors, I don't think I would have guessed that one to be real either. No, me neither. (laughs) But yeah, suffice it to say, very unexpected. Oh, for sure. Um, but still really cool. I, I loved that roster trailer. And it was, of course, like edited really well. And mm-hmm. like it escalated in a really fun way, except for the bit where like Yoshi and Luigi for the, were the last ones for some reason. Like, <laughs> uh, okay. That was a little weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sakurai went on to say that, uh, when you start up the game, you will only have access to the characters that were in Smash 64. <laughs> and then you will unlock the rest of the roster over time, but that the unlocks will be really quick and streamlined compared. Right. He, wa- he wants to feel like everything you do, you're unlocking characters, basically, which is fun. Mm-hmm. It's also really interesting because every modern-day fighting game has been following a trend of, okay, we want this to be ready for competitive setups. Right. Every character is unlocked from the start, save maybe one character that you unlock by beating story mode. Right. Right? And smashes over here like, unlock everything! <laughs> unlock all of it! <laughs> Maybe by working as hard at unlocking characters as Sakurai has on the game, tournament organizers will understand how a Smash tournament ought to be run. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, then he showed a bunch of the characters and like their updates and stuff. Right. Uh, first he showed Champion Link, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we guessed in our Legend of Zelda episode that Link would get a full revamp uh, right. to be based on Breath of the Wild. And I think full revamp is a bit of a stretch. He still feels very much like Link. Mm-hmm. I predicted that he'd have the sail as his up B instead right. of his spinning sword. He still has that, but his bombs are different now and they're remotely detonated like they are in uh, Breath of the Wild. That's cool. Ganondorf uses his sword in some of his attacks now, finally. Which I've complained about on the podcast before, so I'm excited about that. Yeah, that's a really great change. He obviously still feels very Captain Falcony, mm-hmm. but it's still cool that yeah. he's changed it all and that he is actually based a little bit on the game that he came from. Also, he looks like his Ocarina of Time counterpart again, yeah. which is cool. Uh, Zelda has a completely new look. Which I love. She looks fucking great. Yeah. I thought that this... I initially thought that this was just an original design for Smash, but apparently it's her Link Between Worlds design. Right. Which you never see in that detail in Link Between Worlds because it's all <laughs> sprites. Uh-huh. But she looks friggin' great. What a great design. Yeah. I really, really like that design for her a lot. Yeah, she looks like a lot of fun. I'm really I'm really glad they did that. Me too. Uh Shulk has a really major change where he can like sort of in Smash for Wii U he could change the properties of his Monado. Right. And you sort of picked which mode uh, you wanted his Monado to be in by, like, mashing the B button in sequence. And I can hold down the B button, select which of his Monado modes you want, and then it automatically clicks in. This is such a great quality of life change. First of all, just because obviously it'll be nice to be able to choose whichever Monado mode you want on the fly. Yeah. Like they showed briefly during the trailer, like Shulk changing Monado forms mid combo, which was really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, But also, you know, uh, we played Smash 4 relatively recently, like within the last couple of months. Yeah. And I tried picking up Shulk again. 
and I hadn't played him in so long that I couldn't remember which Monado form was which. Right. So, like, having to cycle through them on top of not knowing, like, you know, thinking to myself, like, okay, I want to activate the one where I'm heavy, and then not knowing which one that was. Right. He was unplayable for me, and right. I was someone who he was kind of an off main for me. So it's really great that it'll be much easier to determine which one you're picking and to pick them really quickly. Yeah, absolutely love that change. And Palutina got just a revamp to her moves because I bet that he's just scrapping the whole custom moves thing right. with the exception of the Miis. Mm -hmm. So she got her moves changed around that she, like, her moves feel more distinct and her her default moves aren't kind of lame now. And actually her down B is both a deflector and a counter now, and that's cool. That's really great. And there were a whole lot of other changes. We obviously don't have the time on this podcast to go through every single one of them. Because if we did, it would be an eight-hour podcast. <laughs> but he just, he announced a ton of changes. A lot of them are really cool. It's funny, actually, the characters that he didn't really announce changes for. Like the Young Link segment, he's just like, Young Link is back. Lon Lon Milk, anyone? <laughs> it's like, but what's different about it? Right. Nothing? <laughs> is nothing different about him? He drinks Lon Lon Milk. <laughs> he has strong bones. And... He didn't say anything about Pichu that implied that Pichu wouldn't just be shitty or Pikachu again. <laughs> Pichu still damages themselves right. when they use their electric moves. You could offset that by having them do a lot of damage mm -hmm. with their electric moves, like doing more damage than Pikachu but being more fragile. Right. I feel like that could be a way that you sort of divert Pichu from being a Joe character. Uh, but honestly, <laughs> if you're if you're going to have like nearly seventy playable characters in your game i think it's fine that one of them are a joke character yeah like that's probably fine pichu uh, can just be the dan hibiki of uh smash <laughs> um he's a clone of another character but much worse by design yeah although even dan was technically viable uh <laughs> okay daniel <laughs> <laughs> then sakurai introduced the, the concept of echo fighters it's what he's calling clones, basically. Right. He said that Dark Pit and Lucina were examples of Echo Fighters, characters that were basically practically just like mm -hmm. their counterparts, but with, you know, with a couple of tweaks and differences. The What makes an Echo Fighter seems very arbitrary. Dark Pit and Lucina are the only Echo Fighters, even though things like Dr. Mario and Young Link right. exist now. Pichu, like, they're not Echo Fighters, I guess. It's weird. It's weird. But Sakurai used that opportunity to announce a brand new Echo Fighter. Daisy from Super Mario. Yeah. Uh, and she looks great. Like, you know, she her, her differences to Peach obviously seem kind of minimal. Mm -hmm. But her animations are fucking amazing. She looks adorable. I really like the personality she brings into the game. Uh, really, if they were going to put a clone character in, she's a great pick. I agree. In our Mario episode, it's funny, I actually said I had kind of a feeling about Daisy, but I wasn't going to officially <laughs> predict her. I said that, you know, she'd be a great representative of sort of the Mario sports games and mm -hmm. her moves that could be based on Mario sports. It didn't even occur to me that they'd add her as a Peach clone. Right. I don't think. But, you know, I between Daisy and Waluigi, I was like, Daisy's more likely, but I'm not going to predict either of them. Right. And now she's in the game, but not in the way you imagined at all. Yeah, not <laughs> nope. I mean, I think that both of us were kind of angling toward a, you know, a reality where Sakurai reduced the prominence of clones. Like, that was something that we kind of discussed. Right. But I think I was sort of 
I was always sort of aware in the back of my head that Sakurai has put clones in every game, mm-hmm. and I shouldn't have. Maybe I shouldn't have even assumed for a minute that, like, just because there's so many fighters now and we're so late in the game that he would ever stop doing that. Sure, because they're I don't know they're they're easy to do and it's it's a fun way to like represent a character that deserves it, but maybe doesn't have enough standing out to make an entirely new move set. Yeah. But yeah, Daisy's a great pick. I agree. Then he revealed the Inkling. Or, you know, he showed off the Inkling. He right. showed off what the Inkling's moveset was like. The Inkling uses a bunch of their weapons from Splatoon, like in both their smash attacks and their specials. Yeah. You I I love that the the splat roller like is one of <laughs> is one of the specials where they just like roll across the screen. That is really great. Um and they have a great mechanic where like any attack of theirs that uses ink, if they keep using it on opponents, they can cover the opponent in ink, and an opponent covered in ink will take more damage from the Inkling's attacks. I really like that. Yeah, that's that's awesome. They also have, like, in Splatoon, their their backpack is filled with ink, and using ink moves decreases the amount of ink in the backpack, and you have to hold B while shielding right. to fill your, your ink back up. And that's that's a fun way to to feel like Splatoon. Who knows if who knows if they'll be high tier as a result of having to manage that? But uh, love the Inkling moveset; it's really cool. Me too. I think that irrespective of their tier placing, they um, seem really well designed and like they definitely evoke the Source game. Yeah. And then Sakurai talked about assist trophies. Now, assist trophies are great for us because. Because what assist trophies do is when a new one gets announced, or even an old one returning gets announced, that character is effectively deconfirmed as a playable character right? in Smash Bros. You know, in that game. So he announced a handful in the Direct, but I've gone ahead and made a list of every assist trophy that I and other people have seen since the game has been revealed. Like in gameplay footage and mm-hmm. at the Invitational and stuff. I've I've listed all of them so that we can talk about what their likelihood was before and stuff. Sort of rattle through that. And this is in alphabetical order. So the first assist trophy seen in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate is Andros. Uh, he's been an assist trophy in past couple of games. We've talked about him in the Star Fox episode. Mm-hmm. And we said, that, you know, he wasn't likely as playable. I don't think anyone was expecting him. No. So, this so, is so yeah, so that was that that was entirely expected. And that was fine. Yeah. Uh, then the Arcade Bunny from the Nintendo Badge Arcade is an assist <laughs> trophy. And we haven't got into the WTF characters episode yet, like which would also cover like characters based on peripherals and stuff. Right. I would have mentioned the Arcade Bunny in that. I don't think I would have guessed him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's funny. Nintendo Badge Arcade was the service that ran on the 3DS for a while where you could play a crane game and get like stickers and themes and stuff mm-hmm. by, by playing it. The Arcade Bunny was sort of the mascot of this who would, like, talk with you and tell funny jokes and stuff. When the service was discontinued, the bunny was like, maybe you'll see me somewhere else someday. <laughs> and people were like, oh, is he going to be playable in Smash? He's not. He's in the Sis Trophy. But that's that's a great little nod, and I love it. Yeah, we are technically fulfilling the prophecy. Here's our first Smashing Theory deconfirmation. Bomberman is in a Sis Trophy. This, you know... I'm pleased that he's in the game. Yeah. I think that his his trophy form looks great. Yeah. I'm sad <laughs> that he's not playable. Yeah, no, his his assist trophy implementation is perfect. It's yeah. so good. I feel like they'd only need to do like 
a little more thinking to like make him fun and playable. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we in third parties part one, I guess that Bomberman would be Konami's new rep, new playable rep. Right. And that snake would not. <laughs> uh, turns out I got it 100% backwards. Yeah. Yeah. Our, our first one that we got just wrong, uh, confirmed off the bat, and it it stings, Sean. It stings hurts. like a bomb. <laughs> is, is stinging really what bombs do? I mean, I guess it depends on how hard, you, how close you are to the proximity <laughs> of the explosion. I, I guess that's fair. Up next is the burrowing snagret from Pikmin. Like, kind of a bird that, like, pokes his head out of the ground and, like, pecks at you. Sort of a bird snake. Yeah. Uh, Color TV Game 15 returns from Brawl. It's when Pong shows up on the screen. Right. And jumping into the Invitational for a second, there's a really great match. Like, uh, items were allowed in the loser's bracket. So, one of the matches was a free-for-all. Uh, I think Plop was down there. I think Abadango was down there. Mm-hmm. Mango was down there. Right. And there's there's a point... Where Mango just gets owned by like ten items in a row, just in quick succession, and like I think he just gets eliminated by God. getting like knocked back and forth by the pong ball just over and over. Like the pong ball hits him just every time, and he gets knocked off the screen. Finally, that's funny. Uh, he looked very sheepish at the end of that match, uh, which he did not win. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but next assist trophy is the ghosts. From Pac-Man, they're back again, mm-hmm. doing their ghost thing. Uh, n- not unexpected, that's fine. The Hammer Bro from Mario uh, shows up doing hammers. Yep. Yep, that's that's fine. Not Nothing super unexpected there. Jeff is an assist trophy, and I know that probably makes a couple people sad that Jeff is still an assist trophy. We actually had a couple listeners tell us that Jeff definitely deserves to be playable this time and would have a great moveset, but there he is. Also... One of the cool changes we saw was that Ness's final smash has Paula and Pooh in it now, like yeah. helping helping Ness do the PK Starstorm. And a touch that I am in love with, Lucas has Kumator and Boney helping him do mm-hmm. the doing his version of PK Starstorm. And Boney's model looks so cute. <laughs> oh my god, I love the way Boney looks in this game. But anyway, uh, long story short, Jeff is there. Uh, and Jeff still looks great. Knuckle Joe from Kirby makes his third appearance in a row. No surprises there. And here's a surprise. Instead of Shadow the Hedgehog, we have a Knuckles the Echidna assist trophy. He runs around punching stuff and gliding. Mm-hmm. And he looks great. I agree. But it's funny. Knuckles has been seen in the in the Smash demo. Shadow has not been seen yet. <laughs> And, like, now that we know that there's going to be at least one new Echo Fighter, I think a couple people are wondering if Sonic is going to get an Echo uh, Fighter. I Honestly, I just kind of hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, well, like, you know what? In the meantime, you can call him Knuckles. Unlike Shadow, he's in Smash. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather flex my muscles. Uh, Crystal. From Star Fox as an assist trophy now. Which is cool. Yeah, so we... This feels good, at least. In our Star Fox episode, I said, you know what? Crystal's at best an assist trophy, and I think she might be an assist trophy. I think I think I said something like that. These episodes were recorded a long time ago, so if I misquote myself, I'm sorry. <laughs> They're all a Smash-themed blur. <laughs> 
but Crystal is an assist trophy using her staff, and that's cool. I think that's a good place for her. Me too. Lynn from Fire Emblem returns as an assist trophy, and you know, uh, I forgot to mention one aspect of assist trophies that Sakurai mentioned, and that's that uh, most assist trophies now, when they show up, they can take damage, and yeah. they can and they can be KO'd if you hit them hard and fast enough. I'm excited about that change. Yeah, that's a cool change. It doesn't apply to everyone. I don't think Andros can be KO'd, for example. Right. But that's that's still cool that if they're like your size and on the screen, you can probably beat them up. Yeah. So yeah, Lynn's back and doing the same thing she always does. Cool spot for her. The Metroid from Metroid is still a Metroid. And we have another Smashing Theory deconfirmation. Although this one doesn't hurt me as bad as it does <laughs> someone else in this room. Who could that be? <laughs> Uh, in the Zelda episode, Sean predicted, and I did not, that Midna would be playable in the new Smash Bros. game. Midna is still an assist trophy. She's playable in my heart, Daniel. <laughs> That's all that really matters. Uh, yeah, as, uh, like as soon as I found out that like all of the previous characters were coming back, I was like, oh, okay, that means Midna's not joining this game. And uh, that was true. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do? I guess not play Midna. I guess not. <laughs> Mother Brain is back doing, mm-hmm. like, basically functioning like that boss fight in Metroid 1. Yeah. Still really cool, Sister Ophie, I think. The Nintendog returns. <laughs> One thing I loved, actually, is right after the Direct, they did some Treehouse Live when they showed some Smash gameplay with Sakurai present. And, <laughs> and during the gameplay, the Nintendog showed up, and Sakurai just says... I would like to make a special note that in every Smash Brothers game the Nintendog has appeared in, it has been a different breed. <laughs> <laughs> they change the breed of the Nintendog every time. Good job, and like, Sakurai. And Sakurai has like gone out of his way to make that happen. <laughs> I think that's... I love that detail. I love knowing that. That is great. Riki from Xenoblade is back. Doing what Riki does. I like Riki. I'm okay with this. Riki strong, no pun. That was pretty good. Thanks. Uh, Rodan from the Bayonetta franchise appears as an assist trophy, Mm -hmm. uh, which is cool, sort of reinforcing my thought that if a character was DLC in the last game, they didn't get an assist trophy then, but I think they'll get an assist trophy now. Uh, It's worth noting that there's no Final Fantasy assist trophy to support Cloud yet, but I feel like maybe they're holding some of that stuff back. Right. Sheriff is back, that little beepy boopy yellow guy shooting his his eight is like four bit bullets mm-hmm. and the squid sisters were announced in the direct Callie and marie i'm excited about this yeah from uh from splatoon their functionality as an assist trophy is just really awesome they like they put up a concert in the center of the screen and they start singing and the screen just zooms in on them <laughs> and as the screen zooms in the blast zone also gets smaller so like it, you everybody just racing to the center of the screen and like knocking each other off like instantly, and it gets really chaotic for like ten seconds. Great assist trophy. That's awesome. This is much better than that weird devil assist trophy that moves the screen around. This yeah. is like a much better way to do a screen move thing. Yeah, not to say that the devil won't be returning, but we haven't seen them in the demo yet. Right. Uh, Starfy from the legendary Starfy mm-hmm. still twirls around the screen. Uh, one of the things I I love 
is when Starfy was first revealed as an assist trophy for Brawl, and like the dojo updated with some pictures of Starfy, and Sakurai's commentary was just, Starfy, why did you come here? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Starfy's great. Yeah. Starman from Earthbound. Mm-hmm. Still sort of teleporting around the screen, shooting lasers, doing great. Yes, I like his implementation. Time for another Smashing Theory deconfirmation. Oh, no. Skapon uh. is an assist trophy. Oh, oh, this this one hurts. Like, it makes <laughs> so much sense now that I see it. It's like, yeah. of course Skapon's an assist trophy. Mm-hmm. But as you guys who have listened to the Retro Arrivals episode know, I was between three potential retro reps for the new Smash Bros. game, and I was between Mac Rider, Skapon, and Takamaru. Mm-hmm. And I hum, I hemmed and hawed over this for so long, but I decided that Skapon would be the rep as sort of a representative of like the first like real 2D fighting game that Nintendo ever made. But here Skapon is as an assist trophy, and it makes a lot of sense. And I'm really, I'm really glad that Skapon is represented in any way, but it's still, it's still a little painful. Sure. Skapon looks great too. He looks, they look so cute. Yeah. No, they did a great job with the implementation of Skapon for sure. Yeah. Speaking of Takamaru, still an assist trophy. <laughs> Takamaru is still an assist trophy. Uh, and I think that throws a lot of people off. I feel like that's deconfirmed for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of glad I didn't guess that. I feel like if I were to have re-guessed between the three, I would have picked MacRider anyway. Mm-hmm. But we might talk more about that in a sec. Mm, okay. In a bit. All right. Uh, finally, the final assist trophy that, as of this recording, has been seen in gameplay is... The biggest heartbreak I've seen for a lot of people, Waluigi. <laughs> Sakurai stomping on people's hearts. I, I I've seen like apparently there's like a there's like a Washington Post article yeah. that's like this like Smash Bros is destroying fans' trust and faith. I by by leaving Waluigi out of. <laughs> I was browsing Google News this morning at work, and I saw that article was suggested to me by, like, the Google <laughs> News algorithms. And like I said to Daniel last night when we were talking about this, like, the Washington Post is the paper that broke the Watergate scandal. <laughs> <laughs> like, and now... <laughs> Waluigi! They get bought by Jeff Bezos, and then X amount of time later, you know... They're reporting about how Waluigi is breaking hearts. <laughs> Jeff Bezos loves Waluigi. <laughs> you heard it here first, right. folks. He just like stomps into the newsroom twirling his non-existent mustache. I want you to report about Waluigi's stat. Scrap your top story. I don't care what's happening in South Korea. Just run it. And then send me pictures of Spider-Man. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> and he- Anyway, yeah, I uh, I did not think that Waluigi was going to be in this game as a playable character. Right. So we at least guessed that right. But Waluigi definitely was a highly requested character, and I I feel for whoever was heartbroken that he wasn't in, including my girlfriend. She actually <laughs> like she actually let out like a really sad noise when she saw that in the trailer. <laughs> Yeah, that's all the assist trophies we've seen so far. Sakurai said that there would be over 50 assist trophies in the full game. 
Uh, we just listed 25 of them. So there's still a lot new and old assist trophies that we could end up seeing in the game. With with every one of those, there will be a deconfirmation of them as playable. So that'll be really exciting to keep an eye on. Almost more exciting than the character <laughs> reveals themselves. Right at this point, yeah. Yeah. Like, we, like, man, that, that just, like, wrecks, like, nearly half of our predictions so far. Just the assist trophies themselves, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, like maybe like a third, maybe yeah, enough. Yeah, <laughs> a surprising amount. Yes, a surprising amount has been undone by this. This list of assist trophies is so long. It reminds me of, uh, in Animaniacs when uh Yakko <laughs> would sing about all the countries. You know, like <laughs> Andros and, Arcade right, Bunny, Bomberman, Andros Arcade Bunny, Bomberman, Burrowing, Snagnet, Color Game TV. We've got Ghost in the Hammer, Bro, Jeff in the Knuckle, Joe Knuckles and Crystal, and then A, hey, it's Metroid and Midden, <laughs> Mother Brain, Nintendog, Ricky, Rodan, and Sheriff, and the Squid Sisters, Starfy, Starman, Sukupon, Takamaru, and Waluigi. We've got 50 assist trophies <laughs> in the full game. <laughs> That went way better than it should have. I know, right? Yeah. Like, you actually rhymed at some point. The, uh, the Lin one stuck out, but I yeah. did my best. Yeah. Oh, man. Ah, oh, brother. Yeah. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> Classic moments here on Smashing Theory. Anyway, uh, Sakurai had more to say. Wow, I bet he didn't have more to sing. <laughs> I would I would pay money to see Sakurai sing something. <laughs> then he talked about stages, which we touched on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he... He said that every stage would have Omega and Battlefield versions. Like, Omega versions were in Smash 4, but now every version will have the same layout as Battlefield if you want. Right. Um, <laughs> still kind of avoiding the thing I like about Rivals of Ether, where you just have a customized basic version of a stage that removes stage hazards. I actually saw Dan Fornace kind of salt tweeting about this. <laughs> At one point, he was saying, like, he was doing this kind of imagined conversation between the fans and Sakurai where the fans are saying like, okay, we want to be able to turn off stage hazards. And then Sakurai mm-hmm. goes, okay, I've made Omega versions of all stages. Yeah. Okay, but for the next game, we really want to be able to turn off stage hazards. Okay, I've made Battlefield versions for all the stages. <laughs> like, Sakurai, please. <laughs> so uh, he's he's right there with you. Yeah. Creator of Rivals of Aether is right there with you. Yeah. Uh, he revealed the Mori Towers from Splatoon, Great Plateau Tower from Breath of the Wild, uh, we saw the New Donk City stage in some clips. At the Invitational, they fought on Saffron City at one point, <laughs> and that was really cool. But overall, like through seeing all these character clips and stuff, mm-hmm. we've been able to identify just a shitload of stages right. that are in this game. I'm talking over seventy. Wow! Just like a God. whole, yeah, just like a whole, whole bunch, like like Mushroomy Kingdom mm-hmm. and. Uh, Foresight from Melee. A couple character montage videos had Magicant in there. <laughs> uh, and, you know, that's that's not even including stuff that Sakurai, like, officially confirmed in the direct, like, Big Blue and mm-hmm. stuff. A crazy amount of stages to the point where one might wonder if they're just going to include every stage that's ever been in Smash on top of every <sighs> character that's ever been in Smash. That would be fucking nuts. Yeah. Oh, that'd be so crazy. Yeah, I think it's happening. And I hope that you are correct, because then we get to do that 9-volt stage that is the best stage Gamer. in fucking Smash. Yeah. I, I don't remember whether or not we've seen Gamer in any footage yet, but that'd be amazing. Oh, that'd be so great. Uh, we have seen Great Cave Offensive. Yeah. Yeah, so lucky you. Yeah! 
fucking <laughs> yeah you deserve that no <laughs> But yeah, I I think that's sort of a reveal that they're saving for later, that every stage will be present I hope on top so. of some new stages. I really hope so. And Sakurai also just shared some gameplay updates and some quality of life changes. Some of them are really cool. Mm-hmm. I might be missing a few things here. He went over uh, dodge decay, basically. He didn't call it that, but I'm calling it that. Mm-hmm. Where if you dodge multiple times in a row, each dodge like gets weaker and has a longer recovery time. Right. Um, one cool thing he showed was the sort of new perfect shield system where if you're holding your shield button and your opponent's hit lands right as you let go of your shield, it's a perfect block. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's kind of like a parry. Yeah, I feel as though that's going to be something that's going to help make uh, competitive play a lot more interesting to watch and to play. Yeah, you know? uh, that could definitely be um, the genesis of some hype moments. Yes. Although, speaking of Smash Ultimate competitive play, when if you land on the ground from an air dodge, you get no momentum. You just <laughs> stop straight in your tracks. You don't slide at all. Right. Meaning that wave dashing is impossible in this game. Yeah! <laughs> I'm so pumped! I'm fine with that. I'm sure a lot of people aren't. Mm-hmm. Um, Final Smashes have been streamlined. Yes. In previous Smash games, there were a lot of Final Smashes that were essentially mini-games that you played right. to get your KOs. Like, uh, Donkey Kong would play the drums and you'd have to like hit the button to the rhythm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a lot of transformation ones where you transformed into Giga Bowser or Wario Man and then would run around the stage landing hits. Uh, Final Smashes are now like just quick and easy. Like, there's, a, there's some where you get like control and can move around, but like Final Smashes are like 10 seconds long max. Yeah. And, like, a lot of them have just been changed to cinematic Final Smashes. Some of them are, like, like for Giga Bowser now, you turn into Giga Bowser, but you're in the background of the stage, and you just sort of aim, like, a big mm-hmm. punch that, like, splats them to the front of the screen. Um, I have to say, altogether, when I heard that Final Smashes were being kind of simplified, I wasn't sure how I felt about the change. Seeing it in action, I like the new ones a lot. Yeah. They're very flashy, very cool. And it sort of balances them, because some... Some Final Smashes were way more broken than others. Like, yeah. you could you could get two KOs on each of your opponents with the supersonic Final Smash. Right. You know, and now it's like he just, like, zips around the stage real fast and maybe gets, like, a KO on each right. opponent. Maybe. And it's actually, like, dodgeable and you can deal with that. And some Final Smashes were just kind of garbage, like the Donkey Kong one. Mm-hmm. And now, like, he, like, he can do, like, a rapid flurry of punches on... On an opponent that, like, you can land a hit on if you time it right, you know? Like, it's... I think Final Smashes are going to be much more satisfying now. And maybe... Maybe now they'll be allowed in competitive play. They won't. But it'd (laughs) be be nice... That would be nice. Yeah, it'd be nice if they were. Everything's kind of faster. Like, the, the base speed of every character is quicker than it was in Smash 4. And, like, it makes some characters like Zelda, like automatically better because mm-hmm. she's not like plodding around anymore. She's, she's going much faster. That's something that I really appreciate because when I was at combo breaker, uh, the best fighting game tournament in the Midwest, I was watching some smash four matches and I was definitely sitting there thinking to myself like, wow, this is so slow. Yeah. Like, it felt very slow. So I think that's a good change. Yeah. Um, now if you're playing a timed match, sometimes you'll get to see who's winning like a little, 
they'll sort of flash brightly for a second if they're in the lead. Right. And one of the coolest quality of life changes, if you get knocked off the stage and you, like, disappear from view, a little overlay appears in the top right corner that shows how far off the screen that character is and how close they are to the blast zone. This is a great change. Oh, it's amazing. It's really good. What's weird is that it's something that I never would have even considered. Right? It just makes it better, and I've never thought to myself, oh, it would be so great if there was, like, a little radar. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's incredible. What a good little change. I like that a lot. Yeah. So, you know, he talked about assist trophies and character updates and all these changes and stuff. He finished the direct by saying, you know, we have so many characters, so I hope you aren't expecting too many new characters <laughs> in this uh, in this version. However, I have one more thing to show you, and then we got a Ridley trailer. That we did. Ridley! Oh my gosh. So I called this, I called it like, I called it this is the game, this is where Ridley happens. Mm-hmm. And oh man... I'm so glad that really happened. Really looks so good. Yeah. Uh, he, to be fair to what Sakurai has been saying for three generations, he does kind of look like they kind of have to like squish him into the game, mm-hmm. you know, proportionally. But his move set is just real great. He has like a side B where he just like grabs the opponent and just slides them across the entire it's stage. So awesome. He has a fucking, he has a fucking like tail special. We're like, it's got this like long wind up. But if he, if he manages to stab you with his tail, uh, you take 50% damage, even, like, from zero, right. and you're stunned. Like, he just feels like, oh, he's just, like, this meaty, like, like murderer, you know? he. Uh, I love when he unleashes the fireballs, and they look just like they do in Super Metroid. Yeah. That was a cool touch. And his final smash looks so awesome. Yeah. Like, he just... Yeah, you know, he he knocks them off the stage and slams them into Samus's gunship and then blows up the gunship. It's great. Yeah, I'm God, I'm so happy really in this game. I'm glad that I predicted him right before the E three episode. But right before E three happened, because we haven't done a Metroid episode yet. I think it's fair to say that I was never really on the Ridley hype train as much as a lot of people have been. Right. And understandably, you know, there's a lot of Metroid fans out there and they want Ridley in the game. Yeah. This blew so far past my expectations of what mm. Ridley can be like. Yeah. He's so cool looking in this game. I'm he's... really excited to play him. Yeah, he's awesome. I'm not even really that big of a Metroid fan, but I've wanted Ridley since Melee. Right. Ever since that opening cinematic <laughs> where... Where Samus and Ridley, like, have that showdown, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, just within that, like, short little cutscene. Yeah. Actually, I was so casual of a Metroid fan back then that I saw that cutscene, and I'm like, who's that purple guy? (laughs) I want to play him. Right. And then I find out about Ridley, and I'm like, oh, man, Ridley's so cool. I hope Ridley becomes playable. And now, 17 years later, my wish has come true. (laughs) So this feels really good. I'm really glad this happened. Me too. And then the direct ended. Yeah. So now we have one last question to ask. Mm -hmm. What do we do with this podcast? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. When the direct was over, I sent a message to Daniel because I was stuck at work. Yeah. I was stuck at work and just like frantically checking Twitter whenever my boss looked away, you know, to (laughs) kind of see what was going on. And uh, at the very end, I 
sent a message to Daniel that just said, like, what are we going to call the podcast now? A smashing? <laughs> like, what theories can we make at this point? Everything it feels like was revealed to us. <laughs> so here's what I have to say to that. Sometimes when you come up with a theory, sometimes when you, when you, have, when you speculate, when you come up with something, you get it wrong, mm-hmm. you know? A lot of people have gotten it wrong, and I don't feel too bad that we have. Like, Sakurai definitely came in from left field. Yes. And, you know, just did the unexpected again, and I love him for that. I think that's great. Mm-hmm. But when you've been proven wrong, you know, do you do you stubbornly stick to what you thought was going to happen? Do you give up? Do you walk away? No. You adapt. <laughs> <laughs> A smashing adaptation. <laughs> and uh, and here's what I think. Sakurai said not to expect too many new characters. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. The person who said that was Masahiro Sakurai, a man who has added a minimum of 12 characters to every <laughs> Smash game. So I think when he says don't expect too many, he's saying don't expect 12 or more again. Right. And, you know, I think, I think we are going to get the, like, by like half even, like the most modest amount of new characters that we've ever had in a Smash game. Okay. But here's what I think. I think we're going to see like four or five new characters that we don't know about already at launch. Okay. And then after that, like six-ish DLC characters over the course of the game's lifespan. Mm-hmm. As of this direct, as of us recording this tonight, there are 68 playable characters in Smash Bros. Ultimate, God. including Echo Fighters. Okay. And also counting the three iterations of Pokemon Trainer and three iterations of the Mii Fighter as their own characters. Okay. And... Even Sakurai's been counting that kind of funny. Like, you know, Ridley's number 65 because he's been giving the, the Echo Fighters weird little symbols. Right. But let's let's go with 68. Let's be honest with ourselves. 68, like, you know, characters you can play as. So that means I'm, I'm thinking the launch roster will be like 72 or 73 characters, which is already kind of nuts. Mm-hmm. That means after DLC, the full roster will be nearly 80 characters that's an insane number of characters and you know who's insane sakurai's insane he sure is i think he's actually like honestly going to do this and then just be like here you go also i'm retiring as director of the series somebody (laughs) else can figure out how this series can even have a future at this point by this definitely feels like sakurai's last game yeah right like this this stuff like he's really going to just put everything in here that he can and then, like, drop the mic. Right. This is how that feels. And and I think that we're roughly going to get an announcement a month in terms of new characters. Okay. Right? I think they might skip July. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, their trademark Nintendo silence for a bit after E3. Sure. Then August is Evo 2018. Right. Character announcement. September, we'll get, like, a September Nintendo Direct with a character announcement. Mm-hmm. October is Paris Games Week. They will specifically announce the rabbit as a playable character, <laughs> uh, and then uh, and then November we will get a Smash Bros. Direct, a ah. direct that's specifically about Smash Bros. And we'll get our last character announcement. Okay. Um, and then in December when the game launches, 
there might be one unlockable character that Sakurai had been quiet about this entire time. Sure. Which he loves doing. He loves doing that. True. Five characters at launch, six characters DLC, so I'm thinking we have 11 characters left to figure out, which means that we're going to keep doing what we've been doing. We'll keep making episodes where we look at a franchise and predict characters for it, and a fun thing we can do now is we can talk about what we know is already an ultimate, and we get to talk about the history of that franchise. We get to focus on that even more than we already have been. That is true. Um, But we'll be doing that every other week until the game comes out, and I think when it comes to certain events, we'll just do recaps of what's been revealed so far and sure. you know, do, do episodes focusing on that, little mini episodes like that. But before we get to those episodes... I think we need to take another look at the roster predictions we've made so far and make some adjustments. Let's do it. So in the Mario episode, we predicted Mario, Luigi, Peach, Bowser, Rosalina, Bowser Jr., Captain Toad, and Peeper Mario. So basically, I guess that Dr. Mario would be cut and Peeper Mario and Captain Toad would be added as new characters. Right. Then last week in our E3 prediction episode, I predicted, you know what? I think... Every character from Smash 4 is going to be in the game. So I'm adding Dr. Mario back in, but I'm removing Paper Mario, Mm -hmm. which means that Captain Toad is the newcomer. So we now know that Smash Ultimate does have Dr. Mario. It has every Mario character that's ever appeared. Mm -hmm. But the Daisy is a new character representing Mario Bros. Right. So the question is, that means that Mario currently has nine representatives. Do we think that Captain Toad would be a tenth? Well, what do you think? You know... I think yeah. Okay. I I think I think that for the most part the new characters remaining are going to be like big characters that either are very important right now or that have deserved to be in for a while. Right. Like Ridley. Okay. So you think Captain Toad is one of the former? I I think Captain Toad is just big enough right now and that Captain Toad would have a very unique move set that Sakurai probably has a lot of ideas about. And the fact that Toad himself has been such a staple of Mario, just like Daisy has been such a staple of Mario. Sure. If any franchise deserves to have 10 characters representing it, not only its spin-offs, but just it specifically <laughs> in its roster, Mario deserves that honor. That is true. So, still predicting Captain Toad as a newcomer. Okay. Then in the Mario spin-offs episode, I predicted Donkey Kong, Diddy Kong, Yoshi, and Wario. Basically, mm-hmm. they'd all return from Smash 4 and that uh, no newcomers representing the spinoffs would be added. That was very accurate. Th- that has been accurate so far. One notable thing to th- think about for the future is that Dixie Kong, King K. Rool, and former Smash 4 assist trophy Ashley from WarioWare uh. are all notably absent as assist trophies in Smash Ultimate so far. I'm still going to be a weirdo and not predict any of them. Okay. But King K. Rool... And Ashley specifically, mm-hmm. I get kind of a feeling about. Hmm. Um, but more Ashley than King K. Rule. Okay. Uh, Sakurai mentioned that Ridley was kind of the bone that he's throwing to Western fans this right. time. Though, you know, kind of his token Western character that he does for each game. And that makes a lot of sense for Ridley. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think we're going to get more Western reps. But I think one of them is the rabbit, <laughs> you know, so I, I don't think. <laughs> right. I just feel like. It's like King K. Rule is one too many. Yeah. Maybe not one too many, but I just, yeah. Something tells me King K. Rule 
might still sit this one out. Although if he does appear, I will be completely unsurprised, and I think he's a good fit. Okay. Uh, but yeah, still not predicting King K. Rule, and still not predicting Ashley either. Although Ashley in particular, I feel like will be a character that I will kick myself if I'm wrong. <laughs> if if she does show up, it's like you know she'll show up and I'll be like, of course. Uh, I threw my hands dramatically into the air as I said that, and Sean was the only one that saw it. Who's the cutest girl that Daniel is not predicting? Ashley. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then in the Zelda episode, I predicted Link, Zelda, Sheik, Ganondorf, Toon Link, and Urbosa. Sean predicted Midna. Then, last week, I rescinded my prediction of Urbosa. Right. I thought maybe it was too soon, and she has that weird Zelda curse of... Being in a game that won't be relevant in 10 years. Right. However, I still had this feeling that there would be a new Zelda rep, and I just uh, I just couldn't figure out who it was. Turns out there is an additional Zelda rep <laughs> in Smash Bros. Ultimate. It's Young Link. Yeah, additional is certainly the word, because he's not technically new. Yeah. Kind of glad I rescinded that now, because Sean's guess of Minna is an assist trophy. Sad to say... But also true. <laughs> so, do I think that we'll get more Zelda characters? One thing worth noting is that Tingle is currently absent as an assist trophy. Oh, yeah. Um, and he has a history. You know, he has, a, he has a long history of being in Zelda games. And I think history is kind of a key word now for Smash Bros. Ultimate. Mm -hmm. they're, they're sort of really digging from the archives and picking characters that have like long deserved to be in Smash. Sure. On top of that... I think this game came out shortly after the Majora's Mask remake did. Uh -huh. Tingle's first game. Uh -huh. I didn't even think about that when we were doing our Zelda episode. So I wish I could have like a sub prediction tier. Characters <laughs> that I'm not officially predicting, but I'm like half predicting. So I can get it half right if they show up. It's like how in Star Wars they used to be like A canon and B canon and right. C canon. Yeah, like... Tingle and Ashley from WarioWare would be in my prediction extended universe. Right, your your B tier. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I could totally see Tingle finally making the cut, even though what is up B B balloons and then he and Villager can just balloon around together. I don't know about that. But yeah, not officially predicting Tingle, but I can see it happening at this point. Okay. In the Sakurai's Babies episode, we predicted Kirby, Meta Knight. King DDD on the Kirby side, I predicted Bandana Waddle Dee, and Sean predicted Marks. Mm -hmm. So I was just talking about how characters should either be big or really important or or like really new and relevant. Mm -hmm. And so I think I'm going to rescind my prediction of Bandana Waddle Dee. Wow, the end of an era. <laughs> uh I think Waddle Dee would still have a would have a great moveset. Also Sakurai did technically design this character, so, right. you know, he still has that Sakurai attachment to Bandana Waddle Dee. You know, but... I wouldn't have thumbed my nose at a Bandana Waddle Dee inclusion. I think it would have been fun to play. Yeah, but the fact that he's, like, he's, like, the fourth most important character in a franchise, oh. he's never been the most important character. He's never even been the second most important character. Sure. He's always been kind of just, like, you know, like barely a main character, like kind of the most important side character, even. Right. Um, is maybe that's a little unfair to Waddle Dee. You know, he's he sort of like shared like full billing with Kirby, Meta Knight, and King DDD. But I just get this vibe that, especially if we have so few characters making the cut at this point, mm -hmm. I think Banana Waddle Dee 
like just comes short of being important enough to be playable. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Banana Waddle D is like a dead ringer for an assist trophy at this point. True. I would love that spear moveset, though. I'd love to be wrong, mm-hmm. but I'm no longer predicting Banana Waddle D. How about you and Marks, Sean? So, I think that the probability of Marks being in the game is less likely now, knowing that I know, knowing what I know, than it was. Right. Having said that, I would rather continue to predict Marks and be wrong about that than rescind my prediction for Marks and have him turn out to be in the game. <laughs> so I am going to continue predicting Marks. I feel you there. I Man, I'll have some egg on my face if Waddle <laughs> shows up later, won't I? But that's the way the dice have been rolled. Uh, in then... this wild <clears throat> Mario party we call a smashing theory. <laughs> uh, in the Kid Icarus half, we both predicted... Pit, Palutena, and Dark Pit, which ended up being a really good call. A lot of people were like, oh, Dark Pit won't make it, or <laughs> Dark Pit will be revamped, or whatever. And then there he was. Yeah, there he is, still an Echo Fighter, as they are now known. Uh, I like Echo Fighter better than clone character. It makes yeah. them feel more important than they actually are, which yeah. is probably the goal. Fun lingo, I like it. Yeah. In the sci-fi episode, I predicted Olimar, Ness, Lucas, Shulk, and Rex with Pira and Mithra. So basically, returning characters and Rex with Pyrrha and Mithra as a newcomer. Mm-hmm. I think Rex is still a very solid pick, like super relevant, great moveset potential. I agree. Yeah. Sort of the extra attention that Shulk's getting, like, maybe it means nothing, but maybe it means that Xenoblade is important, and the Smash Team acknowledges that, mm-hmm. and and Rex will be in. Rex will be in. Cool. What do you think about that? I think it's a great pick. Um, I think that if there's going to be any representation from Nintendo's, you know, RPG side, that uh, Rex is an excellent pick. Comes from a great game. uh, And I think that the likelihood is definitely there. Cool. I agree. Good. I Um, I would hope that you would. You agree with myself, basically. You came up with that whole thing. Yeah, yeah. That'd be weird if I didn't. (laughs) In the McClouds episode. Well, I disagree, Sean. (laughs) And I'm rescinding my pick. Rex with Pyrrha and Mithra, but you have to keep predicting him. (laughs) Fuck you! (laughs) Uh, In the McClouds episode, predicted Fox Falco, the return of Wolf, and Captain Falcon. We got that Wolf return. Yeah, we sure fucking did. Nailed it. (laughs) By accident. (laughs) So, yeah, I think that's still really solid. Um, You know, Crystal's an assist trophy. It'd be really funny if Slippy was in, if Slippy was playable, but... Just predicting Fox, Falco, Wolf, and Captain Falcon. I think in a universe where they weren't bringing every character back and we were getting like 10 plus new characters, Slippy would be kind of likely to get in. Yeah. I don't predict Slippy at this point in time. Fair. In the rough housing episode, predicted Villager and Little Mac. No changes there. Kind of our most boring episode prediction-wise in retrospect. Still kind of fun (laughs) to record and talk about. Mm Mm-hmm. As are they all. Yes. The Retro Revivals episode. So he predicted Ice Climbers, Duck Hunt, and Scapon. Scapon is an assist trophy. One of our other candidates, Takamaru, is an assist trophy. That leaves Mac Ryder as who I would theoretically think is going to be our next retro representative. Do I still think that we'll get a retro representative now that we're getting so few new characters? Maybe he'll decide to skip that staple 
this time, mm-hmm. skip adding a retro representative, I do still think we'll get a retro representative. Do I think it'll be Mac Rider? I don't know. I've put more thought into retro representatives. Mm-hmm. And over the past couple months, I remembered one that I didn't mention at all in our retro revivals episode. And no one sent the suggestion to me on Reddit or via email or via Twitter. And that is Starman from Pro Wrestling. <laughs> now, Mac Ryder, I think, would have a great design mm-hmm. and do some cool stuff with the motorcycle. But Starman, I think, could represent a playstyle that we haven't seen in Smash, and that is a grappler character. Ah. And on top of that, like, they could give Starman a completely, like, over-the-top, like, wrestling persona personality, <laughs> you know, just, like, being, like, really, like, flamboyant and bombastic and, like, doing, like, flips around the stage and stuff and, and just doing a bunch of cool wrestling shit. Sure. And I think they could update the design but still make it look old school. Okay. Uh, and it is kind of this sort of old school gem that they might want to draw attention to. So... So my my new retro newcomer pick is Starman from Pro Wrestling. Okay. What do you uh how about you? Are you are you doubling down on that with me or are you going to say like Mac Rider or something? I think I have to pass on that one. I think Just all together? Well, um so let me lay out my reasoning. Okay. I think that if this you know, if this presentation showed us anything it's that Sakurai is pulling out all the stops to please people who are historically fans of Smash. Right. And I feel as though fan service is the name of the game. Okay. With that in mind, I think that while Star would be a cool and quirky pick, right. it isn't necessarily the kind of pick that I would expect to see for Smash Ultimate in particular. Okay. I like that take. I like that take. Yeah. Um, so do you think that there won't be a retro revival pick? I am going to say that if there is a retro revival pick, it will be Mock Rider. So I'm locking in Mock Rider. Nice. Cool. That's good. I feel I I have a slight feeling that one of us will be right. So <laughs> cool. cool. Like that. All right. All right. Moving forward to the first of our three third-party episodes where we covered Sega and Konami franchises. Right. I guess that Sonic, Bayonetta, and Bomberman would be in the game. I got two out of three right. <laughs> Bomberman is an assist trophy. Yeah. Knuckles is an assist trophy instead of Shadow. Will Shadow be an Echo Fighter for Sonic? That'd be the silliest. That'd be... That, that would not be, be my favorite thing that's happened in Smash. That'd be hilarious. Some people would absolutely love that. Some people have been requesting that. Um... But, like, I feel like the people that want Shadow in as a playable character want Shadow to have his own moveset, to use Chaos Control and right. stuff. Right. To put him in as a Sonic clone would make no one in the universe <laughs> happy. Like, just make him a costume for Sonic. Yeah. <laughs> that all said, I'm just going to say it's not going to happen because maybe I can will that into the universe. Okay. Um, sort of the no Heihachi uh, thing, but in reverse. <laughs> sort of the no Heihachi <laughs> thing. But do we think that maybe Simon Belmont will be in the game now that Bomberman isn't? Mm, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say no. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say Sonic, Bayonetta, and Snake are going to be our 
Sega and Konami representatives. Yeah, I think that's fine. Yeah. So then we covered companies that had newcomers in Smash 4, and that was Capcom, Bandai Namco, and Square Enix. So, in that episode, we predicted Mega Man, Ryu, Phoenix Wright, Pac-Man, Heihachi, Cloud, and Sora. And then last week, I said, you know what? Actually, I think Monster Hunter will be in instead of Phoenix Wright. And Sean said, you know what? I think that Phoenix Wright will be in the game instead of Monster Hunter, and also Heihachi won't be in, because I have <laughs> the most hilarious vendetta against Heihachi that any man has ever seen in their entire life. There's nothing hilarious about it. It's as serious as Heihachi <laughs> is utterly ridiculous and stupid. Uh, so, so I guessed a total of seven third-party newcomers that I thought would be released... Mm-hmm. Over the course of the game's lifespan as both as both launch characters and DLC characters, like spread out over that. Right. Um seven is an absurd number now that we know what we know. <laughs> yeah. Uh one of those has already been taken care of. That's mm-hmm. Bomber Man. Um so actually let's let's bring in what I predicted in the following episode, the the new companies episode, and that was right. Banjo Kazooie, Wreck It Ralph, and Rabid. And I think now we can expect, like, a total of five third-party characters. I'm going to whittle it down to that. Okay. Like, two at launch and maybe, like, three more over, like, really, maybe even four would be a safer bet. Okay. But, so we got we to gotta whittle down this list of newcomers, mm-hmm. right? So, on my end, I've got Monster Hunter, Heihachi... Sora, Banjo-Kazooie, Wreck-It Ralph, and Rabbid. Mm-hmm. That's six. And on your end, you've got Phoenix Wright, Sora, Banjo-Kazooie, Wreck-It Ralph, and Rabbid. Mm-hmm. So that's five. So you're already kind of set. Um, I think Wreck-It Ralph's not in. Okay. Yeah. I think Wreck-It Ralph's not in at this point. I'm actually inclined to just go along with you on that because of a gut feeling that I have. Yeah. Uh, like, like, I think... In a world where Sakurai was adding a lot of new characters mm-hmm. and not putting in every character that's ever existed in Smash Bros, Wreck-It Ralph would be a great surprise pick. But I think there's just more important characters than him to add. Yeah. At at the end of everything. That makes Monster Hunter, Heihachi, Sora, Banjo-Kazooie, and a Rabbid. And you know, I just kind of feel like one of those won't make it in. Okay. So, Monster Hunter's locked in, I think. I think Monster Hunter's a really safe bet as, like, a DLC character. Okay. Sora is locked in for me. I just, Hmm. I have just such a gut feeling that this is a perfect game to put Sora in as a DLC character. Sora's got Nintendo history. Uh, Sora is, like, you know, a very well-known name. And I think he has a dynamic to the game that doesn't exist yet, you know? And, And he could have... Just a bomb-ass, cool combo, crazy moveset <laughs> that I would love. Sure. Rabbit is a lock. Yeah. I think Rabbit's a lock. hmm So, basically, that means the two characters that I'm unsure which of the two will be in, and I know you're going to love this discussion, Sean, <laughs> is Banjo-Kazooie or Heihachi. <laughs> now, so I think there's pros and cons between both of these, right? I think Heihachi's... Got that Bandai Namco, like, pedigree. 
their presentation. They wouldn't need to talk to anyone new to get Heihachi in there. Mm-hmm. Sakurai has definitely already thought about putting Heihachi in the game. And, you know, Heihachi already has, like, dynamics you can work with. They can really milk that Heihachi versus Ryu matchup. Heihachi is a worldwide character. Both the West and the East like him. Both some people in the West and some people in the I, East. I know, I know. <laughs> I understand. Uh, and I can't think of a more fitting Evo reveal than Heihachi. Mm, that's fair. Banjo-Kazooie, on the other hand, Microsoft and Nintendo clearly are like collaborating more than ever before. Mm-hmm. Um, he would definitely be a great surprising pick. They they would like Banjo and Kazooie would definitely be like a great surprising pick. It's something that fans have wanted for a very long time, mm-hmm. and I think the moveset potential is better than Heihachi. I do think the Banjo Kazooie is a bit more Western of a pick. That's true. Than Heihachi or really anyone else in the cast so far. Even Rabbit has kind of a world, mm-hmm. kind of a worldwide recognition. Yeah, I think I talked myself into it. I think Heihachi over Banjo Kazooie. Although I would prefer Banjo Kazooie, but mm-hmm. I just feel like it's Heihachi. All right. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, you know, um, when Heihachi is inevitably not in the game, I promise that I won't be overly celebratory. <laughs> I don't believe you a bit. <laughs> well, I don't believe you. For why, a, why wouldn't you believe me? I don't believe you I'm, for a fucking I'm a second. Picture of sincerity. <laughs> There's no reason not to believe me when I say that. <laughs> when I get something wrong and you get something right, you're the smuggest motherfucker. I don't know what you're talking about, man. <laughs> In the <laughs> universe. <laughs> oh, not. my God. I don't know. <laughs> I solemnly swear that I'm going to fucking stomp you. It's going to be great. <laughs> no, hey, Hachi. <laughs> so i literally had to like figure that out out loud if you couldn't tell (laughs) but so that means that my guesses for our new third party reps are monster hunter heihachi sora and a rabid uh what are what are yours all right let's take another look at this whole situation um i think yours would be if you're singing to what you agreed with me before, mm-hmm. right? I finished right. Sora, Banjo Kazooie, and a Rabbit. Hmm. You know, this is a tough one for me because it is tempting for me to drop Phoenix Wright and add Monster Hunter. Right. Uh, I think that as far as Capcom picks are concerned, Monster Hunter, as far as you know, relevance and things like that, just kind of blows Phoenix Wright out of the water. Yeah. There is always that instinct within me that I should not drop a character because, boy, would I feel sheepish if that character was then chosen. Right. But I feel as though the power of Monster Hunter is so overwhelming that if there is going to be another Capcom pick, that's who it's going to be. Right. So I am dropping Phoenix Wright and adding Monster Hunter to my predictions. Okay. Which otherwise include Sora. So not predicting Banjo-Kazooie or a rabbit? Oh, I'm sorry. Sora and a rabbit. Not picking Banjo-Kazooie. I don't think so. I think that your point about him being more of a Western pick, that's a really good point. Okay. Uh, You know, I think that uh, 
it seems to me that Sakurai's already said, yeah, I'm throwing, you know, a bone to my Western fans by picking Ridley. Right. Uh, and I, I get the sense that maybe that's all he really wants to do. Wow. Banjo-Kazooie's in the game. We're both going to look so dumb. Ah, uh, whatever. But, but, you know, but, like... you know, neither of us will look as dumb as you will look when Ayachi <laughs> is not in the game. So that's fine. I can live with that. Oh, man. Okay. Um, good. I, I think we whittle that down to, like, a decent level. Because, like, yeah. if we're... We're getting like 10 or 11 additional characters and four of them are third party newcomers. Mm-hmm. That feels about right. That feels like a good ratio. Yeah. Especially at this like late in the game. Okay. So that means our current list of newcomers, newcomers by the time all the DLC is, is theoretically out. Mm-hmm. Captain Toad, Marks on Sean's end, Rex with Pyrrha and Mithra, Starman on my end and Mac Rider on Sean's, mm-hmm. Monster Hunter, Sora, a rabid. And on my end, Heihachi. Right. So we've we've each guessed six characters, six newcomers total so far. Okay. That definitely gives us room for predictions in future episodes. I think so. So, with all that knocked out, let's read some listener mail. Let's read it. Samura underscore SSB on Twitter says, Would be helpful if you compared the timeline of Smash 4 announcements after the Invitational and leading up to its release compared to now. Hmm. Also, Sakurai said he put Ridley in because of Western fans. Maybe Monster Hunter will get in now to give something to the Japanese fans? Not a bad theory, Samara. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, thanks, Samara. So, that's not a bad point. Uh, looking at the sort of pattern of Smash 4 announcements and see if see if we can find a pattern to look forward to now. Mm-hmm. So the Smash Bros. Invitational for Smash 4, it's worth noting, happened a year after Smash 4 was even revealed, right? Smash 4 was at E3 2013, right. and then the Invitational was at E3 2014. So by the time the Invitational happened on June 10th, Villager, Mega Man, Wii Fit Trainer, Rosalina, Little Mac, and Greninja had already been revealed. Mm-hmm. And then Pac-Man got revealed at a roundtable at E3. Okay. So the Invitational had the six new uh, had the new characters besides Pac-Man in it as playable with like a, a bunch of older characters like Zero Suit Samus and Mario and Link and stuff. And then after that, we got Lucina and Robin on July 14th revealed. And that didn't seem to line up with anything. They just dumped that on the side. I was like, hey, look. <laughs> then on August 29th, to coincide with the release of Xenoblade Chronicles 3D for the 3DS in Japan, mm-hmm. Shulk. Got revealed. Right. Xenoblade. And then there was nothing in September. And then in October, Smash 3DS came out, which had all the characters in it. So we found out that Bowser Jr. and Duck Hunt were in the game that way. But they got official trailers of their own on October 23rd for Bowser Jr. and November 3rd for Duck Hunt. Okay. So I think we can kind of throw this pattern out the window Mm -hmm. for a couple reasons. The first is that Nintendo's relationship with video game tournaments is much better now. Yes. Back before Smash 4 came out, Nintendo was actually actively trying to ban Melee tournaments from happening so that people would pay more (laughs) attention to 4. They backpedaled on this after a couple months, but... uh, Which was a smart move, but a frustrating one for them to have had to make. Yes. And before they backpedaled, Evo came and went, you know, like, or, you know, Evo, like, mm-hmm. like, really, they, they backpedaled at the last minute or something. Yeah. So, like, you could not have reasonably expected them to have a Smash reveal at Evo. 
However, they've sort of let Melee be, like, they've let Melee happen at official tournaments. They even supported it as long as Smash 4 is there as well. Mm -hmm. So I think the Smash 4 tournament at Evo this year will end with a trailer for a new character, and that wouldn't have happened in 2014. Okay. The the other thing worth noting is that uh, Smash 3DS kind of, like, messed up, messed things up, you know? Like, it, it came out on a weird day, and not at the end of the year. And Smash Bros. Ultimate is just one game by itself coming out at the end of the year. Right. So I think they're going to sort of pace announcements differently. One thing worth noting is that some of these announcements coincide with release dates of things. Sure. So maybe that, like, oh, oh, shit. Captain Toad's going to get revealed when Captain Toad comes out for the Switch. Uh... Oh, this is a good idea, Samara. <laughs> you did a good job. Good job. Good job, Samara. Oh, oh, no. Anyone with SSB in their name, you know, you know they're serious. Oh, yeah. You know they're figuring stuff out. Oh, oh, man. Okay. So, yeah, you're right. That was worth it. It was worth looking at that. Um, we could see reveals lining up with release dates for things. Okay. I, I still feel like they might skip a month somewhere, but um, but maybe Sakurai's gone mega nuts and we'll get like <laughs> we'll get like five or six character reveals instead of four or five. I guess we'll That'd see. Be pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. I'd be down for that. In any case, in any case, yeah, that, that was a good idea, Samara. Thanks for thanks for sending that in. Thanks, thanks Samara. Yes. SSB. Thank you for writing. Amazing Lizard Four on Reddit. <laughs> on Reddit, great name <laughs> says. I would like to give my predictions for the future here and now. Belmont is coming. <laughs> a Ubisoft rep, probably Crash or Rayman, will appear soon. Dark Souls will make an appearance. I don't know if a character is going to show up or even an assist trophy. If either of those two appear, Solaire or Gwyn are the most likely candidates. Okay. A stage seems more reasonable, though. Hmm. Similarly, Minecraft looks to make its debut. Probably a stage, maybe an assist trophy. A character is doubtful. Okay. Otherwise, arms figures to show up along with a new Pokemon rap. Now for my left field guess, a new Punch-Out character. Hmm. The Punch-Out roster has a lot of personality to bring to Smash. Imagine King Hippo. Just imagine. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Amazing Lizard 4. Yes, first of all, thanks for having a great screen name on Reddit. Second of all... Thanks, just in general, <laughs> for your predictions. Yeah, good predictions. Uh, worth noting that Crash is not an Ubisoft character. Crash is an Activision character. Uh, but I, I think uh, I think a lot of your theories have a good amount of merit, mm -hmm. nonetheless. And just because Crash is an Activision character doesn't mean he's not likely to appear at all. That is I, true. I do think that sort of that sort of don't expect too many Western characters philosophy would sort of apply to Crash as well. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's that big in Japan. But yeah. I, I like those theories. They're a lot different from ours, so for our sake, I hope you're wrong. But uh, for your <laughs> sake, I hope you're right. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. You're a good sport, Daniel. <laughs> Mitch E. on Twitter says, I predict that in the future, they will have a ballot where they bring two characters who are assist trophies as playable, and Waluigi and Bomberman will win. But I can see Minda or even something crazy like Nintendogs winning. Wishful thinking. <laughs> I love this idea, Mitch. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I love this idea. I don't think it's it's going to happen because I would sort of like... 
involve them retroactively changing the game in a way that I feel that Sakurai might be uncomfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, like one thing, uh, one thing that always like bugs me in modern day fighting games is when like content is is changed to a point that it feels like it's cut. Mm-hmm. This is one thing that bothered me about sort of the season format of the Killer Instinct games, right? Right, where like there was one character in particular and they just completely changed the way that character worked. I think it was Fulgore mm-hmm. from like season yeah. one to season yeah. two, like Fulgore, the robot, like he had like the sort of like devastating laser beam attack and they completely changed the way that worked. And they changed a bunch of Fulgore's other stuff, uh, like the way that his meter built and all that. And Ful- I, yeah, I loved season one, Fulgore's yeah. meter. And then I stopped caring about Fulgore yeah. after that. Well, I mean, Fulgore at the end of the day was still a fun character, and Killer mm-hmm. Instinct is actually like one of the most underrated fighting games of all time. It's so good as of season three. Yeah, like season season one, Killer Instinct was a very promising game, mm-hmm. but Iron Galaxy really took season two and three and really made it an incredible fighting game that not enough people look at. Oh, I yeah. was really like salty, like the first Evo it didn't show up. <laughs> yeah. But I still think that changing something so drastically that in some ways it turns into a different game, mm-hmm. like via a patch, that's always kind of that always kind of hurts the game preservation side of my heart. I get that. Um and I, I don't think it's in character for Sakurai either. If I were to predict, I wouldn't say that that assist trophy ballot would happen, but it's a that's a really fun idea, and I would love like Waluigi to sort of like get a rebirth, like a <laughs> like a second chance that way. Right. I could see like the hype for that, you know. You know, for if, if for if slash when they make the next Smash game, I would love for that to be something that they did in the lead up to the game's release. Yeah, like it's like which which assist trophy do you wish would be playable, and like right. list all of them, and then like the two winners would be in Smash Six. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Cool. Thanks, Mitch. Mm-hmm. Finally, we have yet another mail from James M. Ah, and good old James. <laughs> and I want to make a shout out first of all to James's email that he sent last week where he made some predictions mm-hmm. and I think James got more predictions right than we did actually <laughs> so first he predicted that at least 60% of the roster will be revealed think he got that right yeah he predicted that Nintendo will call up audience members in costume <laughs> and they will target people to play specific reveal characters E.g., they will call up a person in a Splatoon costume to play the Splatoon kid. Now, that specifically didn't happen. Uh, the the part where they played revealed characters right. did not happen. But damn, they, was he close? Yeah, damn, <laughs> was he close? There there was an exhibition match where they picked four cosplayers, brought them onto the stage: a Mario cosplayer, a Pac Man cosplayer, and a uh, and a couple others. And they each played the character they were cosplaying in an <laughs> exhibition match. Pac-Man won. Right. Uh, and that was... That was... <laughs> that was so absurdly close. Yeah. Great odds on yeah. that one if you were betting with real money, which you shouldn't do, <laughs> kids. Bad decision. He said Amiibo support will return for Smash. Nintendo will release new Amiibo for new fighters, and they will re-release select previous characters. That's at least mostly already confirmed to be true. Uh, the same Amiibo support from last time is back. Ridley and Daisy will be getting new Smash Amiibo. The Ridley Amiibo looks great. I'm right. getting it. <laughs> uh, don't know about re-releasing select previous characters, but that makes sense. They've done it before. Sure. A new wireless GameCube-style Pro Controller will be announced. That did not come true. No. 
And Sean will take the lead over Daniel for roster predictions. <laughs> we got the same amount of characters wrong, with the exception of Sean guessing Midna, who became an assist trophy. So he's actually one character behind ah, me right now. Drat. However... We've still got time. You've still got... Yeah, there's still opportunity for Sean to take the lead. Um, I guess if Heihachi shows up as an assist trophy, we'll be even again. Uh, but those were all like really good predictions from Dave that I think they deserved a oh, nod because sure. yes. he, he could really be our third podcast host and he'd be right <laughs> at home. Uh, but he sent a new email. Hey, Daniel and Sean. I am very excited about all returning characters in Smash Bros. Ultimate. The addition of Daisy and Ridley should be fun. I expect we'll get two to three more new fighters in the game, plus some DLC characters that would get announced at or after launch. I am disappointed in the December 7, 2018 release date, though. Between now and then, I hope you guys continue to put out Smash podcasts of some sort. The roster prediction has been a big part of your show, but with a lot of characters revealed, I hope you continue to cover Smash news and theories. Some ideas. Hmm. 1. Deep dives on unexplored features of Ultimate. 2. A March Madness-style tournament bracket of all announced characters, <laughs> perhaps with listener voting in weekly online polls until a winner is declared close to launch. That's cute. Fantasy drafts between Daniel and Sean. <laughs> you both pick a stage that is confirmed, and then you take turns drafting your four-man team to compete against the other. Since level select will happen before character select in Ultimate, this might be some good prep for the real game. Hmm. If you produce it, I'll listen. Thanks, guys. James M. Thanks, James M. Yeah. I really appreciate your heartfelt letter. Yeah. it's uh, You got our back, man. We we appreciate that a lot. Yeah. It's always nice to have a, such a storied defender of Lilat on our side. <laughs> but for real, though, I, I appreciate your writing. And, uh, yeah. Rest assured, James and anyone else listening, we uh, we do plan on keeping this going. Yes. Yeah. We're, we're going to keep on doing predictions and, and, and talking... Smash history and all those deep cuts until the game comes out. That's been really fun for us to do. Absolutely. When the game comes out, first of all, we still plan on doing sporadic updates every time there's a new DLC announcement. Mm -hmm. But on top of that, we definitely like our dynamic as hosts. Yeah. And we like doing this together. So you can definitely expect something from us once this is all done be it Smash-related or otherwise, and we'll keep you updated in the future on what that might be. Absolutely. But thank you guys so much for continuing to listen. We're we're really blown away by the actual having of fans that has happened to <laughs> us. and It's a pretty wild experience. Yeah, we're, we're incredibly like humbled and grateful and just messed up over it, man. <laughs> just fucked up. So I guess, speaking of that, if you want to know where else you can find us at present, I am doing another podcast called Play This with my co-host Max Lando, where we recommend games to each other and then have in-depth discussions of them. We've had some roadblocks with our Psychonauts episode, but you should see that by the end of the month, and hopefully we'll get at least another couple episodes out before Max has his baby, and... And that show will see some changes. Yes, Max is the one who is pregnant uh, in the situation. It's like that horrible movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, I've never watched that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. It feels like I don't really need to. You know what? My friend from when I was very little, Zachary, we were both probably six years old at the time, 
his mom wanted to go see that movie and took me and Zachary. Mm-hmm. And at the age of six, I recognized how bad it was. <laughs> and she was like, well, if you want to, you can wait outside of the theater until we're done. And I did at the age of six. Wow. Like, I, I don't know why she did that. that, that said, that's a horrible oh, idea. Yeah, no, I, li- I was living in New York City at the time. Horrible idea. Wow, that is the worst guardian decision I've ever heard <laughs> yeah. in my life. That yeah, was not good. But I, She was like drunk at the theater or I something. Know, probably for like the last 30 minutes of that movie i was just sitting outside of the theater i think that um wow the worst decision i've heard in my life like leaving I, a six-year-old <laughs> by himself i think that because I, even at that age i was very big for my age and i looked much older than i was okay. a lot of parents kind of intrinsically trusted me more than they might a child my age i still not a good move yeah i guess like i guess like a 10 year old standing outside the theater is less weird right no no bad idea like she you weren't even her child and you know i should say that uh i uh i lost touch with zachary immediately after moving from new york uh it's my understanding that he grew up fine and uh my mom and his mom chat on occasion so I guess that all worked out. I'm still alive. So that was good. So she's a good guardian just to children that are actually hers and not <laughs> children whose care she has been entrusted with for a temporary you period of time. charitably say that she had a lapse on one particular <laughs> evening when she really felt like watching a horrible Lauren Schwartz comedy. <laughs> also, uh, I feel like you've had multiple stories on this podcast about being just a surprisingly insightful six-year-old. Like, I think this is the third time you've said, like, I was six, and I realized that this was bad. What's funny, too, is that, you know, I and I think this is probably true of most people, when I'm thinking back to what life was like when I was very little, four, five, six years old, seven, eight, whatever, Yeah. Um, I tend to kind of think about those times in my life as though I was having the kinds of thought processes that I have now. <laughs> Um, and so I kind of imagined myself as being a, a very precocious young child who was having very advanced thoughts for his age. And then, uh, one day I was seeing a girl and my mom broke out like the, a video of me when I was little. Right. And I was a fucking idiot, like all children, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like transparently. Right. Um, I think I, you know, I think that I like, like probably a lot of people just kind of projecting these thoughts onto myself. That's, that's um, fair. You know, at the very least I was bored by this shitty Arnold Schwarzenegger movie and I left the theater with permission of my friend's mom. <laughs> A great, horrible story. Yes. So where else can we find you, Sean? Uh, you can find me on YouTube if you search for R.E. Chief. I'm on there. I've got some Let's Plays on there. And when I'm doing less things in the evening, I'll put even more Let's Plays on there. But right <laughs> now I'm on kind of a hiatus. If, on the other hand, you are interested in retaining any of my services, like voice acting or music composition... Any professional inquiries can be sent to Sean Daniel Francis, that's S-E-A-N, Daniel, and then Francis with an I, at gmail.com, and I would be happy to make an arrangement with you. Like, if you are in a position to give people money to voice things in anything, do it for Sean, because <laughs> he's, he's super talented and uh, very professional to work with. So Thank you. I do- appreciate that. Next time on A Smashing Theory... Pokemon. Pokemon. <laughs> That's right. Uh, this has actually been highly requested since we started the podcast. I think since a Pokemon newcomer 
is fairly likely. Mm-hmm. We want to get this out of the way before one gets announced. Do you realize that by recording this next episode, we will literally be playing Who's That Pokemon? Oh my god. Yeah. Get ready, everybody. Yes. So, uh, as always... Uh, we will be talking about Pokemon representation that has been in the past. That means we'll have shit to say about every Pokeball Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And we'll also be predicting what new Pokemon will potentially be in the game. Yes. Both playable and Pokeball. So if you have any theories or predictions yourself, you can tweet them at us, mm-hmm. at a smashing theory, or email them to a smashing theory at gmail.com. Yes. Also, feel free to reach out to us if you just want to talk about who your favorite Pokemon is. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Or if you if you have an idea for what Super Smash Bros. Ultimate related stuff you want us to talk about that maybe isn't directly related to Pokemon or whatever, we will definitely have a bit more flexibility on that as... That's for damn as, sure. <laughs> as we know a lot more about the game than we expected at this point. Yeah. And hey, actually, if you... If you have an idea for what you want to see us do that isn't Smash related, uh, we'd love to hear that stuff because we're we're sort of figuring out what else we want to do now that our, our future is clearer and brighter than ever. <laughs> That's the charitable way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> we will see you guys in two weeks. Uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna be biweekly uh, now for at least a while, but follow us on Twitter mm-hmm. at a Smashing Theory. For any updates on that and for whenever we do bonus episodes or something. Yes. So, we'll see you guys in a couple weeks. And until then, until now, and until later, I hope that you have a smashing time! (laughs) The ultimate smashing time. The ultimate smashing time! You don't need to do that every episode. You don't need to do that every episode! (laughs) (laughs) 